0: Friends and welcome to another episode of How to Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast dedicated to how-to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, how goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. Hello, once again, I'm the king of explainy Style, Kevin Mann, joined by such a nasty, nasty woman. <laughs> it's my partner and better half, Joe Graham.
1: Shinsuke, Shinsuke, Shinsuke.
0: Now this is gonna be an interesting episode because you obviously have a little bit of a background in Shinsuke because I think he might be one of your faves coming yeah. And so this is going to be a very exciting episode of How to Wrestling. And firstly, I want to thank Piepie, Pie, who is Requested this episode as a birthday present for their boyfriend Sean. Aww. Aww. Now, it always warms my heart when people request episodes for people for their birthday. Yeah. Particularly when it's like, you know, someone just wants to share the joy of a wrestler to their partner. That is like, yeah. that's what this podcast is all about. That is
1: but the gift. <laughs> and there
0: is a, a message which I'm to read out as well for, for Sean. It's from PAPA, so listen up, yeah? Uh, happy birthday. You'll always be my king of strong style, if you know what I mean. Winking emoji. So uh, I like what that winking emoji is applying. I assume that means that the two of these trade forearms very stiffly over and over (laughs) again. Going,
1: yeah! Really hard strikes. yeah. Yeah. So, well, this is going to be
0: an interesting one. We're going to be talking about the king of strong style himself shinsuke nakamura and there's a very good chance despite the fact that he's only been in wwe for less than a year that he's a name that's rung out quite a lot throughout the wrestling world
1: yeah i wonder if this is perhaps with the maybe the exception of samoa joe that the first wrestler that like everyone knows everything about Although they say that we've done Steve Austin, everyone knows of, and John Cena, I suppose. I
0: don't know if it's a case of everyone knows everything about, but No, I'm not pretty... everything
1: about, but like everyone knows of Shinsuke. They Everyone's know seen of them. him wrestle, yes. everyone loves him.
0: I think if you are have your toe dipped even remotely into the world of wrestling at the moment or you've been online, or you've done anything other than just watch Monday Night Raw, you've probably heard that name Shinsuke. And I'll certainly say he's probably the wrestler who most people want to know more about. He's certainly the wrestler who most people feel they need to know more
1: about. There was so much hype from our fans and listeners for this episode. Like, nothing like ever before. It was amazing the kind of... The, the screams of joy that we got when we announced we'd be doing this episode i
0: think when you release the artwork for this oh it's it so was, good I, I i have to say i right, dance one who does our our artwork it's such an important part of this podcast <laughs> and so I, I i i love it i love the amazing work that he does he does such a great job but this shinsuke artwork it's okay
1: like something else it's it's beautiful holy crap it's so it belongs a fucking art gallery.
0: All I'll say is, it probably stands to reason about how impressive Shinsuke is, is because when we kind of get down to develop these uh, images, we kind of send him some pointers, maybe a few videos. Often
1: their entrance music as well.
0: But I think with Dan, with this one, it was like, here's Shinsuke's entrance. Go with it, kind of, you know? And you can get so much (laughs) of Shinsuke, even just from a still image. Maybe a two-frame GIF and you can get a huge sense of, I get what this guy's all about. (laughs) Shinsuke Nakamura is definitely going to be a really exciting one to delve into. However, first, it's time for you to uh, let us all know what you learned this week in wrestling.
1: You didn't even bother to play any notes that time.
0: You happy now?
1: My ears. You happy? Why did I even ask? You nasty, (laughs) nasty man. So this week I learned in wrestling that watching your fave wrestler in the entire world live really is as good of a bucket list moment as you could possibly imagine.
0: Seriously? So who was it you got to see live?
1: I got to see fucking Kurt fucking Angle live. (laughs) Live. And I still haven't got over it. I... I mean, you know how much I love Kurt Angle. I, I am- do. That's why
0: I got those tickets for your for birthday. My birthday. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I realise,
1: of course, so you, you knew. And I adore Kurt Angle so much. I mean, doing the episode on him was great, and I just, I do adore him.
0: Because you did kind of come away from that episode, and you were saying, like, I'm pretty sure Kurt is my favourite wrestler. Yeah. Now.
1: And I thought maybe, as we covered more wrestlers, that he, his like number one top slot would maybe be pushed down a bit. But it hasn't yet. I mean, Owen came close. Oh yeah. But Kurt Angle, I think it's the tiny cowboy hat, and he will always <laughs> hold a special place in my heart. And I never thought I'd get to see him wrestle. I get to see like, wrestle like, Cody
0: Rhodes as well. I know. Another guy who you like, because uh, Joanna, unlike Cody Rhodes, is a massive fan of the Stardust gimmick. I it was, love uh, the Stardust gimmick. You know, definitely one I think that got you hooked in early on oh, when yeah, watching absolutely. wrestling. yeah,
1: but yeah, seeing, seeing him, seeing Cody Rhodes. We also saw Alberto Del Rio, which yeah. is a nice surprise. Bret Hart. Yeah. I feel like I've got... This Is my first ever inverted is indie show <laughs> so I think kind of my standards have been set a little high now because I, just all of these huge names in wrestling yeah, were there I mean, Jim Cornette was there <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean Joe I think is just assuming wrongly now that if you show up to any old random indie show in the UK that you're expecting a minimum of a dozen big names yeah, yeah, yeah. like Melina's just going to show up just because, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like when I went to see indie wrestling in the leisure center in Galway, the same place where I got this scar on my head and also nearly failed my physics exam in university. <laughs> and I got to see Test and the Sandman wrestle the worst match ever in front of 10 people. Like. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's fun for you that you're living in this time now, I guess, where... You know, particularly here in the UK, I think it's like this in America at the moment where there's a lot of great quality indies. But here in the UK at the moment, it feels like, you know, per head at the moment, there are more wrestling fans than there's ever been before.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like that to me, but obviously I I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, because it just feels like...
1: Everywhere you look now, there's wrestling shows, wrestling fans. I mean, I don't... I've always actually wondered this because I've been noticing more and more people wearing wrestling t-shirts. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I'm learning more, so I'm learning to recognize them. Or we've
0: moved to a bigger city maybe. Or me-
1: well, maybe that, or maybe it really is growing exponentially that there are huge more wrestling fans than there were before. It's very maybe exciting. It's, maybe it's only thanks to this podcast. I mean, it has <laughs> been since we started this podcast that I've been seeing all these new fans. Absolutely, so. <laughs> that's, to-
0: that's totally it. Like. Do you want to take all the credit? beforehand no one knew how to get into wrestling Exactly, we're solely taking (laughs) credit any sort of boom there WWE it's all right send the check in the mail okay so that was I'm really happy that it kind of lived up to the hype for you because you know I'd never seen Kurt Angle wrestle either me and because me and Adam were at the show as well and we were both like hey bucket list we've been waiting 16 years And I was like, "I've been waiting sixteen weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did feel a bit of a kind of cheat fan that like, oh, I've wanted to see Kurt Russell." Live since I've heard of him which wasn't very long ago. Literally months.
0: The closest thing it reminds me of is like when I got into the Pixies in 2004 when they reformed after 13 years. I was like oh that's convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know the people are just getting into Twin Peaks. Oh there's another season. That's great. I'm just wrapping up season two now. That's convenient. Yeah.
1: There was the best sign and I did post this on our Facebook and Twitter. Someone in the audience had a I Miss Kurt Angle's cowboy hat as a sign which was it really cowboy know. or tiny cowboy No, head? tiny was something that we just hoped it would say. <laughs> it didn't say tiny cowboy hat, it just said cowboy hat. But yeah, that's awesome. I hope they're listeners of our podcast. But yeah, the really interesting thing I discovered was Alberto Del Rio, who I never really kind of got when he was a wrestler on WWE, mm. kind of didn't really see the appeal. When you see him wrestle live, I mean, I, I get it now. I see why people love him. He's got such presence. He's like a... He just is a star, isn't he?
0: I think you know, what I said to you afterwards is like the thing with Del Rio, if you were to randomly... Not not be arrested at, at all. Yeah, if you saw an airport, <laughs> it'd be like, you're someone... like I don't know what you're you are, but you're someone... Do you, like, do you sell Nespresso or something <laughs> on, the, on the TV? Because like, you seem like and that's pretty funny considering that Del Rio off the basis of you know leaving a company and having a, <laughs> having alleged stabbings and all the, the the worst week of his life and Joe still thinks he's a fucking star that yeah. shows you what a star he is he is <laughs> so you enjoyed your time at the wrestling show it
1: was so great and also I want to say thanks to everyone who came and said hello because it was that's the first time I've really kind of been to a wrestling show and people have, have noticed who I was really I mean a little bit NXT but the, we were very early on in How to Wrestling then I'm used to Kevin getting people coming up and saying like, "Oh, I love your podcast, man!" Or people
0: grabbing me from behind and taking a picture. Yeah, like, thank you, person. You know, <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are.
1: But it was lovely, and I just I can't go over how nice all our listeners are. They're just the nicest, sweetest people ever.
0: Absolutely, and everyone who came up and said hello during the show. I mean, seriously, fucking lovely people. I feel everybody. blessed. I do. I feel very nice hashtag hands. blessed myself. <laughs> I know you do, and it's just really nice that we've got this lovely like. We've built this lovely little community, I think, on to wrestling mm. of of lovely fans who are who are who are all in it together, and we're yeah. all gonna we're all gonna teach our girlfriends and boyfriends and mothers and fathers about the world of wrestling together.
1: Huzzah!
0: <laughs> so moving on to today's topic, Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, obviously, something I want to know is what did you know about Shinsuke before we kind of sat down and restarted doing our research and watching our matches?
1: I know he um, he well he's the king of strong style, isn't he? He kicks things really hard. So what does that mean,
0: strong style?
1: I didn't know what it meant for months, you know, after after he debuted on NXT. <laughs> really People started chanting it. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's the king of strong style. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the king of strong style. And cool. you didn't yeah. know what that meant at all. I only found out quite recently that it means that like he kind of hits for real. So when he... <laughs> Why? Like, is that not what it means? For real?
0: Like, it's just... Yeah, no, it is. It is probably pretty much it, yeah. I mean... Well, I
1: mean, okay, they probably hit each other for real kind of anyway, but... Like for real, real. Like <laughs> when he hits someone, like strikes them on their chest, you can hear the noise and you can see the mark. And yeah. It's the same with when he kicks people, you can hear it and you can see it. So I
0: think the thing is in strong style, the moves or the strikes particularly, they're still worked. Like he's not just gonna punch you full force in the face or kick you full force in the face, because pretty sure if Shinsuke did that, he would kill you.
1: But he did like in one of the matches we watched, he was using a closed fist. Yeah. To there there punch is a lot them. of that there, yeah.
0: It is still worked, but it's what we would say snugger or stiffer than usual. Which means you're going to have, which means you're going to have contact. There's going to be noise, but it will usually be things like using the forearm, for instance. And if you get your forearm and smash it like that against someone's chest, it'll make a big noise. It'll make a big welt. It won't cut them. It won't like break a bone. It'll get absorbed hopefully by the muscle. So, so it's it, quite safe. It's <laughs> safe in that you're not going to kill people with these punches necessarily. you going to injure them. You may hurt them if they were not used to that style. But I don't mean thing hurt is, though. I mean injure. It's, it's not to say it's an unsafe style. I think that's maybe wrong. In, in the wrong hands it's unsafe, but it, with the right training of the people who know how to do it, it's not unsafe. It's right. not Brock Lesnar style, where he's just fucking punching you in the back of the head giving you a concussion. Vader. Yeah, it's kind of more of a bam, noises, strikes. And also as well, strong style, not just an emphasis on the strikes, but also an emphasis on submissions and grand game and like you'll know, be able to catch guys and try and rip their arms and legs off.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. And that
0: is kind of where a lot of the style of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the biggest wrestling organisation in Japan, that was built around that idea of strong style in that the wrestlers would be close and almost emulate the style of what you would see in things like kickboxing and judo and martial arts and, you know, a lot of these actual combat sports you know mixed martial arts in its primitive form back then would have a lot of that style you know, of, you know strikes and grapples and submissions so that's kind of where it all kind of comes back to so you'll see a lot of the guys who do this strong style are a lot of the guys who probably will be paying close attention to things like ufc and paying close attention to you know jiu-jitsu and you know proper mma they'll have some sort of training or background in a real martial art and have adapted that into wrestling to make it a little bit more fun so strong style is more than just bam ow that fucking hurts right that is a lot of it but it is more to do again with the variety of strikes and you know having strong kicks knees again a lot like you would see in mma so right. he got the moniker of the king of strong style because he is the uh the the top boy at doing it and i'll be honest the fact that they use the term king of strong style in wwe very, very strange. Very weird. Why is that strange? Because it's a very Japanese wrestling thing. The idea of there being a strong style. Well, if you're not strong style, what does that make you?
1: Weak, obviously. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's kind of implying, well, was the WWE style not strong? So I'm still coming to terms with the fact that strong style <laughs> is a word that's used.
1: So what else do I know about Shinsuke? he um, debuted on NXT. I did actually know a little bit about him and Mm. I mean little. A couple of friends of mine who were fans of Shinsuke posted a lot of pictures of him. And you kind of see this as certain Japanese wrestlers, I think Ibushi is another one Mm. who you get a little bit of this of, who are kind of like incredibly charismatic, charming, beautiful men who the fans just adore. Both in terms of wrestlers, but visually as well. Yeah, Aesthetically yeah. pleasing, we'll say.
0: I'd say that Shinsuke's probably appeared a lot on Tumblr gif compilations Absolutely. over the years. I have
1: seen a lot of Shinsuke hunk gifs. I wonder um, if there's
0: a lot of Shinsuke um, <laughs> fan fiction out there. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Shinsuke and Ibushi being <laughs> gay lovers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Their love is forbidden by the dojo, of course. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: They always go on about how he's a veteran, yeah. right? Which made me think he must be in his 40s. Or veteran means old to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I read this um, ridiculous fucking article on Forbes about them signing Shinsuke Nakamura and a couple of other wrestlers. And they were like, oh, they're signing all the old men. They're, the WWE app should actually be the uh, WebMD app. It's like rude as hell. And also, he's only 36.
0: Yeah, well, there's a reason we don't go to Forbes, brackets, breaking news, Triple H breaks kayfabe and makes kayfabe. Kevin owns the new WWE Universal <laughs> Champion. What's going on? How will we invent? The stock price will tank. What the hell?
1: Why are they allowed to write about wrestling when they know so little about it? I think
0: it? it's one of those cases that there's a number of websites out there which to pad out their online content will let anyone write for Okay,
1: well here's a fucking tip. Those websites, if you're listening in, brother... <laughs> Hire this man opposite me to write all of your articles about wrestling. Get someone who actually knows what they're talking about, okay? I'm just saying,
0: BBC, I wouldn't know the difference between, like, Brock Lesnar going off script and killing a wrestler and, <laughs> and a creative finish. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know, I wouldn't... You wouldn't I, be fooled by I, that. I, I would do my research, you know. I would, I would find things. you know. <laughs> Breaking news, Game of Thrones kills entire cast in six season finale. Shocker. like it. Another thing I think which, I mean, I don't know if you're aware about Shinsuke, but the fact that he draws influences from uh, pop culture, not just wrestling. I mean, there's a lot of like big pop music names that people will always say, ah, Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: I mean, I always kind of figured that he was maybe influenced by certain people, but yeah, he he himself has said that he, took two influences are Michael Jackson, awesome. Could influence. And Freddie Mercury, awesome. He'd only need to say, you don't need to cite David Bowie as the I always... Third, yeah. And it would be the the holy trinity of, like, cool guy musician.
0: I think I see a lot of David Bowie in uh, in lot all yeah. the time, I think. And certainly the way he's changed over the years. And that was one of the really interesting things about getting into our matches here. First of all, I will say, trying to narrow this list down of matches was fucking impossibly hard. Because there are so many five star, amazing, you gotta see, and it's like, him versus AJ. Amazing matches. But there's like loads of them. Him and Ibushi. Loads of them. There's so many to choose from. It's the first
1: time in an episode where people have sent in match requests and I've kind of gone, oh, actually, I, I really want to see that. That sounds, <laughs> oh, that sounds really... Oh, but that one also sounds... Because I'm never involved in the match lists normally. It's, it's all Kevin. But bloody hell, he's fought everyone. It's, yeah. it's amazing. A long career. You not believe the names that he's gone up against in his career. It's absolutely fantastic.
0: I mean, very selfishly, I could have just said... Down and went like oh, all his matches, his big matches since he debuted in NXT. I could put all those down and we could happily talk. <laughs> I think about we'd that. get a lot of angry comments. We would, but I, it's just like there's a certain thing with Shinsuke. And it's one of the most important things I think for us to establish off the bat, which is the quality of his matches is consistently amazing. Yeah, like, I'm 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 struggling to think of like high-profile matches where Shinsuke has not delivered like just a mass that everyone talks about.
1: It's like AJ Styles, really, isn't it? Very
0: much so. Just in terms of a high-level performer, consistently always just amazing, brilliant.
1: Who I think also seems to adapt his wrestling style slightly. Or maybe it's, I don't know, the strong style you mentioned. Maybe that is naturally quite... flexible but in terms of the varying opponents you have.
0: I think you'll find with uh, wrestlers the ones that do the best are the ones that have experience of different styles from around the world and kind of synthesise them together. Those who are world travellers tend to do very very well and Shinsuke is definitely one of those and he was a name where I'll be perfectly honest you know Japanese wrestling I've never said it it's it's always been my kind of blind spot in wrestling it's always been that kind of oh I'll read Moby Dick someday I'm sure (laughs) but I've always heard of Shinsuke's matches as being like no seriously dude this is amazing and Over the course of the last four or five years, there's been some many, many instances where it's like, you just have to check out this match. I don't know much about Shinsuke, you know, at the time, but I watched the match anyway and my mind was always still blown. Mm. So Shinsuke is probably the Japanese restaurant I'd seen the most of over the last few years from New Japan because he always had these matches, which was just like, everyone stop what you're doing. Fucking no, don't watch this this week. Just watch this Shinsuke match because he's fucking blown out of the park. And that's really, really something that's quite amazing about him is the fact that he has that trans global reach. Because for many years, Japanese wrestling, you know, it can be quite like in a bubble over there in Japan, you know, it's happening over there. This is the American style. We don't do that Japanese stuff. We might nick some of their moves. But I really do feel, and as we go through this, it'll probably become apparent that a lot of the reason why there's a lot of stuff coming from Japan now is because of. High profile, amazing stuff from the likes of Shinsuke Nakamura. So it was interesting to go back in time and see him when he was young, Skei Nakamura, boy Skei Nakamura, we should say, and see some of his earlier matches and earlier entrances. When he was a young guy, he didn't look like the Shinsuke Nakamura that we know now.
1: He's completely unrecognisable. He's nothing like. He's a tiny boy. He's
0: cute. Isn't it's he? amazing.
1: Without his kind of look, he, he just wouldn't recognize him.
0: But it's like it's so strange because it's like his face almost seems completely different back in this time. Yeah, his hair is different. His body shape.
1: Yeah, his body shape's different. He so looks so different. Small. Whereas, like, because is a tall guy.
0: He's got he's got tall. And he's lanky. He's got the lanky, long yeah. arms and long legs. He's got the kind of weird Randy Orton kind of stretched out limbs. <laughs> Real, he's got garbage scooping arms, you know. Um, but he looks like. Like, he doesn't look like Shinsuke Nakamura. No, he I wouldn't be able to pick him out, I think. From no, he here. looks
1: like a, another wrestler. <laughs> Just some guy.
0: <laughs> he debuted in 2002, and what was quite amazing about Shinsuke was that. Even when he first first debuted in Japan, way way back when, he was given the moniker of Super Rookie because he was so adept already. Wow! And Shinsuke was someone who from a young age was obsessed with wrestling and always wanted to become a wrestler. He was part of the like high school wrestling team, he was the captain of the wrestling team, he went to nationals, he was always like interested in actual proper amateur wrestling. And for many years, Shinsuke thought he was going to maybe go and become an actual martial artist. At one point, apparently, he wanted to go. After he graduated, he was going to move to China to train to be a martial artist, to be just like Jackie Chan.
1: Oh, God. But he
0: got drawn into the world of wrestling and was trained by the grandfather of Japanese wrestling. uh, People always used to use the word, he's the Hulk Hogan of Japanese wrestling, but that's maybe not such a good... that's a bit insulting, isn't it? (laughs) He, He is the Mac Daddy of Japanese wrestling, Antonio Inoki. He's synonymous with... Japanese wrestling, that style, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, Shinsuke, a lot of skill, and was trained by the best, essentially. So, he had that name of Super Rookie. He's got a lot of cool nicknames over the years, Shinsuke. Yes, seriously. Super Rookie, King of Strong style, The Black Savior, Supernova, my personal favourite the child of God
1: what the fuck how come he gets all these co- okay now I see why he gets it because he's how bloody good because he
0: is I mean are any of these would you say well he's not that I mean he is the child of God he is a supernova he is the king of strong style he is the samurai of New Japan pro oh, wrestling damn it he also, as well, spent a lot of time actually doing MMA at the time. Really? So, I think I always thought one of the reasons why a lot of pure wrestling fans and you know martial arts fans and mixed martial arts fans love Shinsuke was the fact that he's got a legitimate background. He's got a mixed martial arts record, apparently, of three, one, and one, which means he's won three, he's lost one, and one was a draw. And the one he lost was against a member of the Gracie family, who are like very legendary, amazing MMA fighters. So Shinsuke has actually got a proper background in MMA. And it's not as if he did that and then did wrestling like a lot of people did. He actually was wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling and then was also doing MMA. He was doing both. At the same time. That's
1: incredible. And
0: there weren't you no, know, like, Brock Lesnar kind of, here, have a year off to do your match and then here, have another year off to do your MMA fight. He was doing both, like, oh, at the same time. no
1: wonder he's so good. Yeah. Now, that makes perfect sense, really.
0: Have you heard much about, like... How you train in Japan and the kind of culture of training and how you come up through the ranks. A
1: little bit, because we watched um, Finn Balor's documentary. I think oh, yeah. It was the BBC one, wasn't yes,
0: it? Yes, yes. So when Finn Balor was in Japan, yeah. Yeah,
1: and he's kind of working his way up through the ranks, like before he was this huge star. And there's a lot of kind of learning from people who are older than you and better than you, more experienced. Things like setting up the rings, cleaning, yeah. long hours. You're up before everyone else, you go to bed after everyone else huge amounts of work and not all of it's necessarily wrestling but you're also expected to do all this training and be the best you possibly can
0: the term they have for if you're a rookie starting off and you're being trained and you have to do all this stuff is a young boy
1: Oh, that's cute which is
0: a very cute little phrase oh you're a young boy
1: especially for someone like Finn yeah
0: Finn (laughs) and Shinsuke young little boys it's cute but you know, it's not an easy place to learn to wrestle. I mean, because one, you've got that strong style, so there's it. Learning to wrestle is is, is horribly difficult, folks. And
1: you have to clean as well. That must be. You got to clean.
0: You got to cook for everyone. Oh you yeah, you cook for
1: everyone. You got to
0: set up the ring. You know, you gotta. You live in the gym. You know, you live there. That is your life, twenty four seven. When you're a young boy,
1: I have to say though, I mean. If you're gonna become a wrestler and you really are serious about being the best, it kind of makes sense to do something like that. To immerse
0: yourself. Yeah, in that world. I mean, it's a
1: hard job. It's a hard fucking industry to a break into, b to be a star in, and c just kind of get through it generally. And to learn all that discipline and respecting others and admiring other people's like skills and abilities, I think is kind of really important to know
0: absolutely because they always talk I mean we we read we read McFoley's book we say we read McFoley's book I read McFoley's book to To you as bedtime stories for a few months you
1: peeled grapes and put them in my mouth (laughs) Um, I'm wearing a crown
0: but he talks in that book a lot about the importance of you know paying dues and Mm. showing respect and whatnot and it is in all honesty quite difficult these days for a lot of wrestlers who are training and coming up because you know, it's not as if there are the towns anymore like there were back in the day in America. And you're not necessarily going to go to one territory and stay there for a while and then another territory. You're kind of a self-employed hustler. You're going from place to place making ends meet. And a lot of that kind of training almost of being in the cars with the old arresters and learning from them and learning from the veterans and learning to respect the industry and all that good stuff. A lot of that maybe doesn't happen as much as it used to back in the 70s and 80s. But in Japan, where they still have that culture, that respect, and it's always follows through onto the show as well, like the young guys are never gonna be like the main eventers straight away. Mm-hmm. If you're a young guy, you're not gonna come in and smash everyone, you are a young boy. And it, it always is the story that you're a young boy, you might show some promise and potential, but those are the veterans, those are the guys, you gotta work your way up. And Shinsuke did that, You know, even though he was super talented and you know super rookie and all that, he had a you know a long tra- road to travel like everyone else, even though he was trained by Antonio Inoki. And the kind of the big starting point, which we went on this journey, was 2006. And I wanted to find a match with Youngsuke or Boyskay Nakamura to really show the difference to Joe between the King of Strong Style and Super Rookie. And we saw Shinsuke taking on the IWGP Heavyweight Champion in 2006, which happens to be Barack... Lesner.
1: When someone set in this match, I, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought Shinsuke had fought Brock Lesnar. Like that, it seems like a weird fan booking. Of Two my, different worlds. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I want Shinsuke to go up against. Uh, uh. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that'd be really cool because they both hate each other really. But hard. the
0: batch never starts because Top Gear run out and beat everyone down <laughs> Universe mode is all this is.
1: So I kind of like really wanted to see it just for the weirdness alone.
0: <laughs> I regretted showing you this match.
1: Why? Because the noises
0: you made, you were so concerned for like Shinsuke, like in this current form, we talked before about like with Scott Steiner, like having evolutions. Yeah. Shinsuke totally has those evolutions. Oh, absolutely. And this ain't Machamp. This is right here, this is Machop. And Shinsuke is totally Machop coming in, little bicep pose. There's this beautiful still image from this match, which is giant fucking jacked up. I've just left WWE and don't give a fuck Brock Lesnar. Fucking massive muscles on Glaring him. Glaring at little,
1: the camera. Little
0: Shinsuke going,
1: yay! In front of him.
0: So small. Like He's unrecognizable.
1: Tiny. That's the thing, because like you kind of think of Shinsuke versus Brock Lesnar, and you think of kind of current day Shinsuke, who's, you know, this pinnacle of hard hitting terrifyingly strong wrestling style who you kind of think yeah he could make kind of a worthy opponent for Brock Lesnar you know I could I could yeah. see him beat him up but this is baby Shinsuke this is a tiny little boy young boy Shinsuke you
0: couldn't like possibly imagine a situation now where Shinsuke would be sitting across in the ring from someone where you're going to go oh god that poor lad's going to be killed like, like...
1: Brock Lesnar is so much scarier in 2006 than he is now and How Shins- so? Oh, well, he's, for one, he's like twice the size. (laughs) Is he on some kind of steroids here, do you think?
0: Well, all I'll say is that he was, he was, I I wouldn't know one way or the other, but all I'll say is that he wasn't in WWE and he wasn't under a wellness policy or anything like that, so.
1: So yeah, Brock Lesnar's huge. Also, I think young Brock Lesnar is uh, possibly scarier than older Brock Lesnar anyway because of the colour of his skin. He's a bit more kind of scary pink colour that looks like he's eating too much red meat
0: and there's kind of like the thing about Lesnar now where like because Lesnar's like older and he's rich as fuck you kind of feel like there's a quiet dignity almost to Lesnar where he can he doesn't need to do these things that he does he's only there three times a year yeah I don't don't know like 2006 Brock Lesnar who's in the middle of a court case with WWE like that just seems like a guy who's pissed off at the world and frustrated I don't want to wrestle you please leave me alone
1: like (laughs) you know I
0: don't want you to vent on me you know <laughs> so yeah
1: Brock Lesnar is so much more terrifying in 2006 and Shinsuke is so much like less intimidating in at this point because he's so young and he's so tiny and, oh he's such a cute little boy
0: it was horrible to see what can only be described as Brock Lesnar beat the fucking shit out of him
1: fucking hell he
0: suplexed him there was a move he did where Shinsuke was like uh, trying to jump on his back and he just squashed him down
1: so Shinsuke kind of like jumps on his shoulders and like wraps himself around. He's kind of like wrapped around Brock Lesnar's back.
0: I think it was when Shinsuke went for his cool rolling armbar. One of the right. few glimpses of Shinsuke's kind of current form you cool, see here. Right. He goes to roll through Lesnar. Brock just literally, yeah, grabs him on his back.
1: <laughs> and then Brock kind of falls backwards. It literally kind of like just is like, right. Okay, this is fine. I don't need to fight him. All I have to do is go like lean backwards. Like Dell Boy leaning on the counter <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs>
0: and then Antonio Inoki made a face (laughs) but it's great because like Lesnar the the top half of his body is so fucking scarily large here and he just kind of
1: crushes him beneath his own weight and the
0: problem was because we watched this on YouTube this match and we had a glitch with our Chromecast so I had to rewind (laughs) and accidentally showed it to Joe twice so Joe thought that Brock did it two times in a row
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was scared of a poor Shinsuke.
0: But what a difference ten years makes, you know, know. to a wrestler, you know?
1: Oh, also, Brock has horrible long sideburn beard things Little goatee thing, yeah. Which also I think makes him scarier than current Brock. And this is
0: just after Brock had gotten that um, chest tattoo. Oh
1: yeah, so it's really kind of bare, visible. Brock Lesnar looks like he's skipped leg day for the past ten years.
0: Yeah, you were very quick to point out that Brock Lesnar had... uh,
1: Skinny little legs.
0: Skinny little legs. Now, I wonder, is that because just by comparison to his ridiculous upper body, they seem skinny?
1: Well, yeah, probably. But the thing is, if you're going to be working out your upper body like that, you also do need to work out your legs. I'm amazed he hasn't had some kind of terrible leg injury. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) I guess because they're thicker now. It's not like he's got thin legs today. Yeah, it's
0: true. I mean, I guess uh, Rick Rude, ravishing Rick Rude, one of my all-time favourite wrestlers... Has a great quote about that, which is, God damn, kid, it's an upper body business. <laughs> so, you know, the eyes are drawn to the, to the triceps, the biceps, sure, the you, pecs. If you never slabs. want to land
1: on your feet, <laughs> then yeah, fine. Don't bother with the legs. What, what do they do? They just hold up your entire body. Yeah, Brock
0: is all glamour muscles here anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, one moment. Shinsuke suplexed Brock Lesnar.
0: It was incredible! How
1: the fuck did... Wow!
0: That was like... There was a few moments in this match where you get glimpses. Yeah. It kind of felt like if Shinsuke Nakamura was a movie, and then they went and they made the prequel, and this is it, they're kind of like, we'll put in some little bits here that kind of will allude to what a badass <laughs> he is down the line, you know? Yeah. And fucking hell, when he... There's two moments when he suplexes Brock, and when he almost gets in that rolling armbar, you're like, what the fuck?! And there's a point where he actually has him in this, uh, kind of grand submission. He has him in a triangle and Brock picks him up with one arm. Yeah. And I was going to say he power bombs him, but he doesn't, because that would imply that he kind of sets him up. He just, he power dumps him. He just fucks him on the ground. Oh God. And Shinsuke eats an F5 smashed into the canvas and, uh. Bork Laser wins this one. Did you notice how tough and stiff that New Japan Pro Wrestling mat was compared to the WWE one?
1: I wouldn't have, but you pointed it out to me.
0: You notice the WWE one has a bit of bounce, a bit of, spring, a yeah. bit of give. The mm. old New Japan mat, it's like hitting concrete.
1: Well, I imagine that would be really hard with, and I say this because I used to do a bit of dance in my time. Um, but there's this thing called you can get shin splints if you, if you jump and land on yeah. hard ground you can injure yourself really badly because the, the shin kind of
0: jams into your bone yeah so
1: I imagine when you're doing things like jumping off the top rope that's where that softer mat really would help
0: mm, absolutely particularly if you have any sort of velocity but I will not like the idea of taking an F5 on that fucking mat oh. like Jesus Christ did you give this one a star rating right? I
1: did I loved this match I absolutely adored it even though I spent the entire time in fear for Shinsuke's life Thank God I knew he grew up into the, the man he is today who is, you know, formidable. I gave it 4.5 stars out of 5 stars.
0: So you liked the kind of the drama of the fact that you had this imposing, unstoppable force. Yeah, it was
1: really good. And it was amazing seeing someone like, so tiny like Shinsuke. I don't know how much he weighed at this point.
0: He was a lot leaner then than he is yeah, now. He was a lot leaner then.
1: That suplex, just wow. He's like, Brock Lesnar's like three times the size of him at least.
0: Now, that tells you one thing which will be very, very interesting and exciting. Now, to put on our... Let's go over to the fantasy booking armchair oh, okay. for a I second. A Hang, second. On. Hang on. Oh. we go. Oh, it's comfy. It's got a nice ass groove on it. Mm. Brock Lesnar versus Shinsuke Nakamura, if they were to do that now.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I really, you imagine? really, 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 really... That's like, was my main thought from this, was, yes, I need that to With be... With Paul Heyman doing a WrestleMania main event. Oh, man. Uh.
0: That's just something we need to see happen.
1: Oh, it would be so good. And I want Shinsuke to win.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of going back with these podcasts and we kind of, you're talking about, oh, hope we see this match where we're like old people, you know, with pipes. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, remember when we thought Shinsuke versus Brock wouldn't happen again? And then it did. And wrestling was brilliant forever.
1: I think it will happen. I'm pretty convinced that it's going to happen.
0: There's a lot of, yeah, some will probably talk about a bit more details. the fact that, God Nakamura not being on that main roster and not being with all these other guys it's like, oh, come on. Come it's on, good. he's clearly smarter than all the other kids. Skip him a few grades. No, that's
1: no, good. I I want it like this for now because I don't want to like have too much of a good thing, you yeah. know? I don't want to eat all my candies and put myself off them forever. <laughs> like Go pace ourselves. Yeah, here. I kind of want trickles here and there. I mean there's so much good stuff and I kind of yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay with having something to like look that forward to, look to. Forward yeah. To, yeah.
0: yeah. So Shinsuke quite quickly after this match and him being destroyed by Brock he went on a little bit of an excursion and a little bit of a a travel and the idea was in consultation with Antonio Inoki who was running New Japan that he would go around the world to sample some of the different styles spend some time with some different promotions build links between New Japan and other promotions and really try and start to hone himself and the reason they gave is that he was leaving to improve his wrestling style and when you consider he was already very very uh, impressive on all the fundamentals you knew that this meant that they had big plans for him down the line so Shinsuke went off to places like Russia Europe Mexico wrestled a bit in America starting to kind of really develop a lot of his um, you know a lot of what makes Shinsuke Shinsuke now and that would be the charisma and kind of coming out of his shell a little bit and developing more of a character as opposed to being this kind of blank badass who's great at wrestling because truthfully um, a lot of times some of the problems can be with wrestlers coming over from Japan when they try to get into an American audience is that a lot of promoters will see them kind of go well he's just an awesome wrestler how do we promote this yeah, to what's the his fans?
1: character what's his personality
0: and you know whether or not you know you agree with that that was the reality particularly back in those early 2000s you know you needed to have a bit of an edge to you to kind of stand out from you know ...multitudes of other Japanese wrestlers who had a similar skill set or similar style. So this was one of the moments that people feel that Shinsuke really came into his own. And one of the things he actually did when he was over there... ...was that he met up with his old buddy Brock Lesnar. And he trained in Brock's gym. With the idea being that Brock would help him learn how to put on some muscle... ...to get a different body shape and add on muscle mass. So him and Brock actually have had, you know, a relationship and have had kind of a working, sportsman-like but relationship. Lesnar
1: doesn't have a relationship with anyone except for Paul Heyman.
0: That one time. That right? one time. <laughs> and his wife, I guess. And his
1: wife. And wasn't there another wrestler that he was friends with once?
0: He was friends with Kurt Hennig as well. Oh, yeah, Kurt Hennig, Well, I guess yeah. it was before Lesnar kind of retreated into the wilderness. But it's quite cool to think that you know, it's it's almost like a video game, isn't so it? It's so weird. You go off and you'll, learn, you, you'll meet up with Brock, your old uh, rival, to learn how to gain yeah, muscle i Yeah, sure adds. you do. Like, yeah. Brock's <laughs> like, ha, you want to learn to be a strong man like me? Ha, tap X loads and increase your muscle mass. He's now.
1: definitely like a Pokemon gym leader. There
0: was a rumour at the time as well that he was going to show up in WWE because Inoki really wanted um, Shinsuke to learn how to be presented in front of a TV audience, connected with the American audience. Now, depending on who you asked, this was either something that was definitely, definitely going to happen or something that was just pure rumour and there was nothing to it. But it's interesting to think that as far back as 2006, there was rumblings that Shinsuke could be in wow. WWE. But what actually happened was that Brock, he ended up leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling and leaving a big hole there so Shinsuke ended up being brought back from his excursion a bit earlier than planned to kind of take over as being one of the top top guys. During this time, guess who else he wrestled? We didn't watch the match, but I thought you would some a treat for you down the line. He wrestled Kurt Angle in 2008. What? Yeah. That's
1: Him and Kurt so Angle. cool! Oh my god, I want to see that. Yeah,
0: so I mean, there's a whole bevy of amazing like dream matches oh, that I are happening in Japan. Such a
1: good match because Kurt Angle's style would work so well. Yeah.
0: So Shinsuke comes back around about 2008-2009 into um, New Japan Pro Wrestling and he becomes a heel. And it's actually only when he became a heel that he developed the moniker, the King of Strong Style. Hmm. So the King of Strong Style was not like a, yeah, awesome! (laughs) That was actually meant to be an evil type of thing. There was him and a group of wrestlers and the whole idea was that they had become sick, that New Japan pro wrestling had become, like, you know, soft and was not about what it, its original roots were, which was strong style. So Shinsuke and a group of these other guys were basically going to bring it back to being this hard-hitting submissions, injure people, fuck shit up. Wow. So it was a big, big heel thing, because Antonio Minoki, the figurehead, was like, no, you can't do this, That's wrong. They're like, hey, we're going to make it strong style. What are you going to do, old man? And I just think that's really interesting, because it's like... You wouldn't think that's a heel thing, but it Actually, totally it was. No, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. The King of
1: Storm Style is kind of like a, like you were saying, kind of for WWE to use it is weird because it kind of does imply that others are weak. Yeah. Which makes sense if it's a, if it was originally a heel thing. You, you guys are soft. Yeah. S A
0: W F T like, you know. <laughs> this right here, this is Shinsuke Nakamura and he kicks really hard and you can't teach that. <laughs> so it was around this time as well Shinsuke started incorporating the big kicks, the big strikes. Beforehand, he was more submissions and dives and things. This is the time when he started doing, as well, his finishing the move, the, the running knee. Oh, do you know the name of it?
1: No, what, what is it?
0: It's called the Kinshasa. So that's ah. that running knee that he does, and Corey Graves always goes, Kinshasa! Doing his best uh, Japanese wrestling imitation. But that was a finishing move which is synonymous with him. He only started doing it when he turned into this heel and became the King of Strong Style. But it was originally called something else. And just the story of this, I, I did a little reading up and I found this fascinating. It was originally called the bombaye Knee. The bombaye which was a reference to... Someone who Antonio Inoki fought way, way way back in the day. Antonio Inoki is famous as a wrestler because he actually fought Muhammad Ali. What? In a famous wrestler versus boxer match that they did back in the day.
1: Oh, man. And
0: Antonio Inoki and Muhammad Ali were actually quite close friends as a result. Way, way back in the day, Muhammad Ali had a very famous boxing match against uh, George Foreman. It took place in what's now the Republic of the Congo. It was called the Rumble in the Jungle. It was a very famous boxing match. And during that match, famously, Muhammad Ali's fans chanted Bama which is the language down there that Bama translates to kill him.
1: Oh my God. So
0: the Bama knee means kill him with your knee.
1: Bloody hell. So
0: you can see why WWE decided not to use. Bomber, yay, yeah, because they don't want fans going, KILL HIM Aww, in an cool. African language. The only cool thing though, Kinshasa is apparently the capital city of the area in the Congo... Where Rumble in the Jungle took place. Okay,
1: so kind of a reference. So
0: a big roundabout. Like I just imagine Shinsuke in a room with loads of like red lines, you know, <laughs> newspaper clippings, and you know, a translation of all the words. <laughs> it's really cool to see that's where that move came from, and it's that is cool. A lot of love went into that name, I think.
1: I still do think Bombay is a cooler. It is. Kill listen, him with the knee. That's awesome.
0: Kill him with the knee, as opposed to kill him with the place where the, the place where they chanted the "kill him" came from. <laughs> Muhammad Ali is referenced one way or another, and we're all happy. (laughs) So we decided to start watching some of Shinsuke's big, high-profile matches as being the King of Strong Style. And the first one, the one which brought a lot of eyes onto New Japan Pro Wrestling, and certainly brought a lot of eyes onto Shinsuke Nakamura, including WWE's, was his match against Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 9 in January 2015 for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Now, this was a match I was very excited to show you because they knew that this was going to be a big clash that American fans wanted to watch. You could tell so because you've got Jim Ross on commentary.
1: Yeah, that was weird. What was
0: it like for you just watching a lot of these matches with Japanese commentary? I know some people and they find it like... They can't get into the matches as much without having the announcers there to to discuss it through. How about you? How do you feel with the Japanese commentary as opposed to the American commentary? I
1: love Japanese commentary. I think it's awesome because they get so into it and they just scream. And if I'm honest, I hardly ever listen to the commentary in English anyway. You just, just kind of can tell when they're into it. So used to, to it, like. zoning out because of Jerry Lawler, he's like trained me. My my brain is at this level now where I can just ignore all commentary. But like Japanese commentary is just it's cool. The
0: passion is always there. It's passion. You don't yeah. really
1: need to know what they're saying because they're. Excited, and that's awesome.
0: The, the commentary here, though, Jim Ross, I think that was quite interesting. It was quite weird, though, I think to hear Jim Ross. And, uh, Nakamura, he's uh, of the Michael Jackson persuasion. He likes Freddie Mercury. Well, let me tell you, Freddie Mercury never wrestled like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. He's basically saying, even though those guys are effeminate uh, musicians, Shinsuke Nakamura is totally no homo, I swear. <laughs>
1: I wonder if it's weirder for you than it is for me to have Jim Ross on commentary for something like this, because like I don't have that really strong association, I think, of Jim Ross being Attitude Era yeah, commentator. That's true. Because he has been in so many random matches that we've covered on Attitude yeah. Wrestling in various organisations and promotions, not just WWE. I think I've seen him about, and it's many different promotions as i have seen him in wwe actually. i guess
0: yeah because i mean you didn't grow up with jim ross's being no. the voice of wrestling like i did so i guess yeah it is a bit weird for me to see him in these new situations i mean i've heard they're doing those world of sport tapings for ITGC yeah, and he's he's doing doing that, it and he's doing that i'm
1: like what that's so weird to some me some people are really angry about it really interesting because he's not from england or that's UK. true
0: yeah yeah come on over here learn to speak the buddy language mate yeah <laughs> Kotobushi is someone who you're familiar with a bit from the cruiserweight classic.
1: I love Kota Ibushi so much. What
0: is it about Kotobushi do you think? Because he was someone you mentioned previously as being like one of those guys that just seems like a star.
1: He does in a totally different way from Shinsuke. Um, he just reminds me of kind of like a really cool, powerful boy. Yeah, that uh, sounds really weird, but he is. He's kind of like got this really boyish face, and his his costume is really simple. His like his outfit. He's just almost the polar opposite of Shinsuke.
0: That's what I think is so interesting about these two because this was the first proper like exposure to Shinsuke I got because Wrestle Kingdom 9 was the one which everyone would say, everyone watch, everyone watch. And I watched some of the matches from this and a friend of mine at the time from Padre of Wrestling, he just said, look, the only thing you need to know going into this about Shinsuke is Shinsuke is basically Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kota Ibushi is basically The Rock. And he made that analogy because... Kodabushi is like the handsome, charismatic, you know, the kind of, the, the chiseled looks. That's the kind of, that's what a star looks like. Whereas Nakamura is kind of the anti-authority, anti-hero, charismatic, but more kind of chaotic. Chaotic good and lawful good is I what see. we've got here, you know. And that kind of made it make sense for me at the time. But what I always think is so impressive about um, Nakamura and Ibushi and a lot of the Japanese wrestlers is... You don't need to know much of the story because the story plays out in the matches.
1: Absolutely, yeah. The storytelling in this match was uh, was unbelievable, and I that's where
0: the one of the main differences lies between Japanese wrestling and American wrestling. You know, American wrestling, when's our story happening? It's happening in the opening segments where we're talking on a microphone backstage, angles that we run throughout the show. In New Japan, traditionally, those stories are happening. You know, in the ring press conferences afterwards There's not like lengthy kind of gimmicky segments and stuff and that makes it a lot easier I think for people to get into
1: absolutely I wish there was a little bit more of a a blend I think with, with both because I love telling the story through promos and mic segments and things like that but it is a lot easier to follow if the story is happening in the ring absolutely I kind of wish there was a bit of a bit more of both yeah. I, I do think there was. There should be far more in-ring storytelling in WWE I think
0: NXT probably gets a lot of its credit yeah. from the fact that it has a nice mixture of that because it's such a short show Yeah. this show though Wrestle Kingdom 9 made a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans including most of the front office staff and WWE by the sounds of things mm-hmm. this is when they really started to take notice of okay there's this style over here this is getting popular this is what the buzzes around, and this was certainly a tape. I'm sure that was being seen by the likes of Triple H when you know NXT was starting to get some juice and start going and whatnot. <laughs> the belt that this is for, the IWGP Intercontinental Belt. Now this is interesting because you know the Intercontinental Championship in WWE. I mean, whereabouts do you think that lies in terms of importance?
1: Second from top.
0: Yeah, so it's like not as important as the World Belt. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Intercontinental belt is viewed as being as important as the World Heavyweight Championship. That's really cool. And the reason that is, is because of Shinsuke Nakamura. And that is something which can't be disputed. It was a belt which was only introduced in like 2010-2011 and during that time between then and now out of all the reigns of everyone that there's been Shinsuke has held that belt for 900 days wow now we can sit down with a calculator to know that basically if you picked a random day between that belt starting and Shinsuke leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling there's a better than half chance that Shinsuke was champion in any of those days oh my god and he threw amazing matches and real high profile feuds and you know stuff that was just off the charts he made that belt mean as much as the world belt. And you had basically all the magazine writers, you know, people like Dave Meltzer saying that this belt is as important as the world belt because the standard of match is so high and the standard of competition is so high. And he, it's so weird because you could never imagine that in WB, that the Intercontinental belt would mean as much as the world championship. Like, yeah, no I mean, I think it's
1: a shame because I think it should. Mm. But no, I mean, yeah, you can't imagine it on, on like the main show.
0: Because people always might look at just... If you look at Shinsuke's Wikipedia and you see that he's been the Intercontinental Champion loads and the World Champion only a few times, you might think, well, he's obviously not as big... He's obviously like a Miz or a Dolph Ziggler. It's like, no, he actually couldn't go for that World Belt because he had made the Intercontinental Belt so important. It was his, and... It became the main event most nights as a result. That's amazing.
1: Do you ever think something like that could happen to WWE? I
0: think there were glimpses of it when they did the whole thing with John Cena and his United States Open Challenge. The problem was was that literally as soon as Cena dropped that belt they... Drop the focus. Hmm. So even now, I think it's slightly less because nakamura is gone, but that belt is still held in a quite high regard because it's known as being, you know, five years of it been really hotly contended. Like it's the belt people want to get their hands on. Hmm. So I don't think we'll see that in WWE because there's such a long history of those belts not being important. I
1: suppose they'd really have to invest that belt on it'd, one person, which it'd it kind needs of to be wouldn't... a new
0: championship almost. I'd yeah, say like, start over.
1: And it would kind of, I think, as well, be difficult for a lot of the mid-card guys then to have something to, to wrestle with. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Shinsuke coming out and to see the evolution of oh his entrances, God. he's gone from a little boy coming out and raising his arm to Kingsuke Nakamura.
1: He's wearing a giant crown. That is a Massive fucking amazing crown. crown. I want that crown. Honey, <laughs> get everything for Christmas coming
0: up that's like a real heel in game of thrones that would be the type of crown that they would go for yeah you joffrey know?
1: like i want my crown extra long he's also wearing like a really awesome red cape he looks like a goddamn star he does
0: and you can tell exactly who he is when he comes out yeah and you know what even so many wrestlers even wrestlers who i think are cool if they were to come out in a fucking you know dressed as a king and being all like you know weird faces and do michael jackson moves I mean, you know how easy it is to look fucking goofy and rusty. Oh yeah,
1: I think you have to genuinely just be so, easy. it's said a lot with regards to, to women's fashion. If you're mm. confident enough to pull it off, you can pull off anything.
0: I mean, compare King Barrett to Kingsuke Nakamura here. When Wade Barrett came out in his silly little crown and his robe and he just looked like he felt fucking stupid. Yeah. Whereas Shinsuke's coming out here he's like, yeah, I'm the King of Strong Style. I suppose, to be fair,
1: <laughs> poor Barrett's crown and robe was not on par with this no. crown. I mean, this is next level crown and robe. This I think is like nothing. Uh, King Henry VIII wouldn't be allowed to wear an ostentatious crown and cape like this.
0: Good use of the word ostentatious there. Okay. I like that. I mean, I like to think that if I was to get a crown, I'd try and find Shinsuke's crown guy because he's got a good crown Yeah, guy, the best crown guy. A tailor-made crown is what we have here.
1: What was really interesting as well was um, his entrance here and a couple of other matches that we look at as well. Because for me, I always imagine the whole Titan Tron, fantastic animation, cool music, mm-hmm. was kind of an NXT thing.
0: Or WWE thing. Or WWE thing. Yeah.
1: Like the kind of whole.
0: Production values are even.
1: I mean, with regards to. No, with, with specific regards to the Titan Tron and the cool entrances and stuff. It's something I very much always associated with WWE and NXT. Because the matches I've seen before were probably lower card, but they didn't have any of the kind of really big showmanship to it. Mm. Whereas this. He's already got, like, several screens behind him. I know this is Wrestle Kingdom, so it's kind of the equivalent of WrestleMania, you said? It's it's
0: basically New Japan Pro Wrestling's kind of the the show of the year. And the Tokyo Dome is, like, a fucking monstrous building. It's, like, 70, 80,000 people in there. So it is, yeah, this won't be maybe typical, but definitely, like, New Japan in the recent years has really upped its kind of production values and the big set designs... And, you know, the big entrances, the fireworks, all that kind of stuff. Because he's coming in here with, like, big flames and yeah. shit. Yeah. The cool video package. Really
1: cool video packages. One of the entrances we saw as well wasn't on any of these matches. It was just a kind of compilation of Shinsuke's entrance. Oh, it's his evolution
0: these... of entrances. Yeah. But we'll definitely put that up on hrst.com. Awesome. It's already there.
1: But, yeah, there's one where he comes out and he dances with this lady. And it's just so cool. I love it. I love it so much. And... Yeah, that, for me, was very surprising to see from New Japan Pro Wrestling, because I didn't realise they did it. Because I think
0: people might make the assumption, wrongly so, I would say, it could be for a lot of maybe the older wrestling in Japan, but they make the assumption it's like plain generic guys, if they're going to impress you, they'll impress you in the ring with the strikes and the submissions and the crazy shit that they'll do. But it will be boots and tights, out you come, playing music, and will just walk out there with a serious look on their face.
1: So I don't know why I thought that as well, though. Because Asuka, she's got one of the best entrances yeah. ever. And obviously she was doing that before she came to NXT. Oh, a
0: lot of the stars in New Japan, I think, really challenge that assumption. Because I think that is an assumption that's based on like early 90s, late 80s wrestlers. And even still, there's always been characters in, in Japanese wrestling. I think it's just people make that assumption. Because there are like maybe a couple of guys who have that kind of straight-laced... I'm just a kick-ass wrestler with you know, with fighting spirit and strong style, that that's all there is to him. It's the same people who would make the assumption that Daniel Bryan or a CM Punk or an AJ Styles, ah, no charisma, vanilla midgets type thing. Mm. It's totally wrong. Like It's just a, an assumption that if you are technical or you are very skilled at wrestling, you can't be charismatic or have showmanship. You can only have one or the other. Yeah. You need to be Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart, nowhere <laughs> in between. Well, there's obviously... A lot of synthesis that's happened since the fucking 80s you yeah know? and you're getting it here I love when his entrance as well his little scream he does when he comes in he goes <laughs> Fuck, he's great he's like a cat yeah. and I love that when he does it as well the bell comes off and lies perfectly down the him. Oh, of it.
1: Wow so, <laughs> he's so cool every everything he does every tiny movement reeks of cool.
0: And when he has that crown on and he has that look in his eyes, he's bet all I can think of is going through his head is Bow you shit. <laughs>
1: Out of interest. How long have we been talking about Shinsuke's entrance? <laughs> uh,
0: long, long, not long enough because it's fucking brilliant. It's I could, so
1: good. I
0: know there are mates of mine in the wrestling media world, let's just say, who have admitted to me that all they like to do is to sit down, they like to watch the entrances and they like to watch the finishes and they couldn't give a shit about what happens between bell to bell. Yeah. Because that's the bit of wrestling that they love. It and is the best bit. I think it's a massively important part of wrestling.
1: Speaking of... I tried to show our illustrator Dan some wrestling entrances because it's, again, yeah, I, I agree. I think wrestling entrances is one of the best thing about wrestling. Mm-hmm. I tried to show him No Way Jose's entrance and William Regal's entrance from when he was a kind of posh heel.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're not available online. You cannot find them. Unless you go onto the network and find a match with yeah, them. Yeah, actually it does not exist. And WWE sort that shit out. That's a really easy way to get new fans into wrestling is just have entrances available. Put them on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Make it shareable so everyone can be like, look at this awesome wrestler with their cool entrance. And then they'll go on to watch the full match, okay? It makes perfect sense and you're idiots for not doing it, okay? <laughs> That's a really,
0: really good point. It's it's It's... It's one of the things that got me interesting. When I was a kid is seeing these characters coming out because the entrance shows you who that character is. Exactly. And WB they do those entrances better than anyone else. They're they're missing a trick there. Absolutely. I love at the start of this match with Ibushi and Nakamura how they start to feel each other out because the story here is that <laughs> Ibushi is the younger of the two. Nakamura is the veteran, so you should be if he's the older guy, you should be respected more. Mm. But Nakamura himself has got no respect. He is like you know this antithesis of. What you're meant to be is a respectful veteran.
1: But Shinsuke does it right back at him. Mm. There's a moment where Ibushi, right in the beginning of the match, he strikes Shinsuke's chest hard, and Shinsuke literally brushes his chest off. <laughs> it's like fuck you. They he do things as shit. well,
0: like where Ibushi is like kind of you know does his little taunts, <laughs> like the little hand gestures and all that. And at the start, like Nakamura is just kind of like, look who's this, who's this boy, like trying to do my shit. Like I'm, I'm the king here. <laughs> But the little stories like as it goes on in the match, you can start to tell for like the first time in any matches I've seen with him that Shinsuke's getting pissed off. Mm. And that's what's so scary, is like a Shinsuke pissed off. Like the idea of this guy with all these strikes and has a strong style of being annoyed at you is like Brock Lesnar being <laughs> yeah. annoyed at you. Don't fucking piss this dude off. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a spot where he, in like, a fit of just like annoyance, he slaps him in the face and then he just starts fucking paintbrushing, wailing on him with these slaps.
1: It's oh it's it's
0: terrifying. Unbelievable. Now Ibushi has got some offense that can only be described as being like, I don't know, intergalactic.
1: Yeah, he's like a space boy.
0: <laughs> he does this running, diving moonsault to the outside, and that in the ring he runs as fast as he can to the top of the turnbuckle, turns around and just does as yeah. high as he can to the outside.
1: It's so quick.
0: Unbelievable. I don't
1: know how because like, there's someone outside of the ring. You think you can have to do a bit of mental arithmetic in a way. Like, right, he's there. So if I run there and then jump on the turnbuckle and I then turn around, force, like... I've got to do it this quickly before he gets up. And he just does it. You know what it's
0: like? It's like those... Um, have you ever seen the, the footage of the Arctic foxes? Yeah. Right. And they have their hands over the snow and they can sense through the pads in their feet exactly when there's a little bit of food or a little rodent underneath oh, wow. and they'll do a big jump up and dive down into the snow this little mental geometry they have in their <laughs> head that's what Abushi has got he's yes. like an arctic fox there's your zoological reference for the week in, in, in a wrestling podcast. <laughs> On a
1: podcast, which is just you talking about which wrestlers are like which animals. <laughs> that would be
0: that will be great. I think that should be a recurring theme here.
1: Yeah, it's new segment. Okay,
0: Ibushi is an Arctic fox. Yes, need to think about what um, Nakamura is.
1: There are so many amazing moves in this match. I actually hardly wrote any notes because I was scared of looking away and missing something because it was so fast.
0: Standing corkscrew moonsault, springboard hurricane rana, golden star power bombs.
1: Shinsuke reversed one of Ibushi's punches into a like flippy submission. Hold arm bar thing. Oh
0: yeah, it's the thing that Shinsuke does where he grabs someone's arm, like he he takes the arm, as they say, like someone's going like to to give a strike. He grabs it and he like spins around them to take them to the ground. It's
1: like using their own momentum against yeah. them. It's, it's a practice used in Wing Chun. Which is, like, kind of, you use your opponent's momentum, momentum mode, and yeah. strength to kind of against them.
0: So you're not actually applying any force, you just kind yeah. of manipulating it's very it low energy position. as well,
1: because you you don't need to exert a huge amount of energy to do it, because you, they're doing it all for you. And that's right. where you're getting
0: like a lot of that legitimate martial arts training coming yeah. in there, is that I don't think that's something which you, like, Aska does that as well, where yes. she can kind of just, like, someone's running as fast as they can, and then, it's and then they're in this submission mode, it's like,
1: whoa! Because it's, like, impressive to me when someone is just able to duck out of the way of an attack, let alone when they're like, then able to turn it into an attack against their opponent, yeah, oh, it's amazing. I love as
0: well because that comes after when you have a lot of time with these, uh, you know, these contests in in New Japan, which is kind of a display of of this kind of fighting spirit, and strong cell where they start just laying in these elbows, you know, forearm smashes yeah. to the chest, and the idea is like, who can, who's going to blink first, who's going to give up who's going to tire first, who's going to say no more. It's it's something they do over and over, and I fucking love it, because it's just like a legitimate, like, who's the fucking baddest, who's the toughest, come on, like, are you going <laughs> to stop, are you going to, you know, and that's where he gets that submission in the end, like, after they've been belting each other, and when I saw uh, Japanese wrestling in Karuken Hall, and one of the matches the lads were doing that they were doing the forearm smashes to each other over and over they actually caused one of the guys to start bleeding <gasps> on his chest he it oh. wasn't a cut it was literally blunt force trauma over oh, and over that's
1: and hard, that's
0: hard. caused the, the blood to start coming out so oh. these guys go fucking hard here i must say there's an amazing moment after nakamura he kicks out of abushi's um, finisher the golden star power bomb and the face he has. I know you're always going on about how you don't like the, the facial selling of a lot of wrestlers mm. in America. But Nakamura literally looks like he's like dead. He's got these dead, cold eyes. And it's
1: so scary coming from him who has such like bright, like twinkly eyes normally. And he's just ch- the anger. I don't know how he, he must genuinely be furious. I yeah. just can't think... You can't act with your eyes that well.
0: And because when he comes up then afterwards and he goes over to Ibushi and he starts doing these stomps which are like, whoa there now. He's like literally... Puts his foot in his fucking mouth. He did, yeah. Stomps on his fingers. Rubbing his feet against his face. It's vicious. The
1: attacks from each of them become more and more vicious, vile, nasty. Like, if it was under any other circumstances, there'd be heel moves, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's only because of the storytelling that you kind of feel like, oh my god, yes, it's kind of coming down to this. And they're
0: really doing this well because there's Nakamura fans in the audience and there's Abushi fans in the audience and there's kind of... There's this great dynamic the whole match of kind of people swaying one way and then another way. Like abushi starts doing Shinsuke's moves. He yes. starts going for his exploder, and then he actually hits him with Shinsuke's finisher, the Bomber Knee. This is great because it's like 20 minutes into this match, is absolute war. He hits Shinsuke with his finisher, and then Shinsuke kicks out at one.
1: That's so insulting, Fuck you,
0: boy! <laughs> <laughs> I ain't taking that shit lying down. I love that story. There is a sequence where Nakamura is on the ring apron, and Ibushi, like climbs on top of the ropes, and like is perching there. The ropes and his legs are wobbling, and he manages to grab Shinsuke and German suplex him all the way into the ring. Now, I don't need to sit down and give you a quick lesson on fulcrums and levers and turning points and moments and physics. To know that that requires a fucking insane amount of strength. And the fact that he managed to do that and not kill him is like...
1: Of course he can do that, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess. magical. But the finish comes when Shinsuke makes his comeback and hits that Bamei knee. And Jesus Christ, what a match. This one was, in my mind, one of the greatest matches of 2015. It took a lot of eyes away from WWE over onto New Japan. And it made... It made a lot of people stars in people's minds there. There's no doubt in my mind that the kind of... Can we bring him in? How about that Abushi guy? I'm absolutely convinced after this, this was what made the world take notice because this was what people were talking about in January 2015.
1: They'd be idiots for it to not work, to be honest. It is... I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen in my whole life. Whoa, yeah, that's I've, high praise. I've given it five out of five stars. It's, so, in my opinion, a perfect match.
0: Yeah, I think it is. It's a perfect little storytelling.
1: The wrestling is just beyond anything. And I think a real ever. strength
0: of these types of matches, the ones that are really great, is you know, sit someone down, and kind of go, "That's the the kind of chaotic guy. That's the lawful mm. guy. You know, there's Rock. That. That, that's it. And the story tells itself. Yeah. You don't even need the commentary. No. The, That breaks down language barriers. I honestly don't remember a single
1: thing Jim Ross saying in this moment. I don't think I was paying attention to it. JR was
0: honestly considering what the fuck was happening, he didn't seem that excited. Maybe
1: just too blown away. He was like sitting there in just shock. I was like I can't believe it. I ca- There's no words.
0: There was one really awful line from Matt Striker, which was, we've seen all the sizzle, now it's time for the wrestling steak and let's enjoy our meal. Boo. That's terrible. Boo. You were flown there. all the way to Tokyo. You had fucking 11 hours in the plane. And you're like, Maybe we can have some sort of meat analogy, fucking moron.
1: i very hungry, obviously, on the way there. <laughs> I'm actually
0: getting hungry now. <laughs> Next match we watch, Shinsuke Nakamura versus perennial favourite AJ Styles. And this happened at Wrestle Kingdom 10, so the following year, January 2016, again for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. So, even in Japanese, and this making little sense, the video package they showed with uh, Shinsuke and AJ wanting to beat each other so fucking cool oh my god particularly the the video package where he just has a big
1: yow (laughs) yeah there was so much that i kind of was surprised is the same as his current nxt entrance Mm. down to his clothes as well it's all exactly the same as what he's doing now because i know a lot of wrestlers were made to change not only their names but a large amount of their gimmicks their costume their entrance it's literally almost exactly the same like right down to when he takes off the belt and does that whole i don't know what you call it like a splaying on the ring, like, dancing. <laughs> when, when he When he yowls. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic to see. And
0: it's not just him as well, because AJ's kept most of his... I mean, AJ's got the same logo, he's got the same, you know, look, he's does the I same just, moves, same name. His outfit is
1: different, though. Well, he's
0: got the, the P1, like, you know, the, the phenomenal... You, a lot of his actual logos and stuff, they're still the same, which... Mm. I guess with Shinsuke and AJ, probably shows you how much they wanted these guys, yeah. because... You know, everyone's got to change their name. Everyone's got to change their shit, you also, know? Also,
1: I think it's worth... Whatever they had to pay them to, like, keep that, worth every penny. Because those are golden gimmicks you got them Because cool. the other guys
0: they've done that with where they've let to keep their names and their shit, it's, like, you know, a couple of guys in the Cruiserweight Classic, I guess. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, Koabushi, Bush. I'm glad to see that maybe they're changing the, the minds on that a bit because... We know who the fuck Shinsuke is and yeah. AJ is. I and mean, when you've got you something know? that
1: works is established and the crowd love, that's that's valuable. Mm. You don't want to just throw that away.
0: It's very interesting as well seeing AJ coming out here. He's a full Bullet Club here. It's his uh, Bullet Club entrance and he's wearing his little Bullet Club mask. Yeah. So there will be a Bullet Club episode coming on <gasps> in the future. Every single day passes and I grimace realising that Joe thinks the Bullet Club and the club are pretty much the same thing. Are they not? <laughs> no, they're not. What? They're, they're much... Much, much different. Um, oh. But more on that in a future episode. Same of the episode, I guess. The pace is quite different to the W B style in this one, in that yeah. there is a lot more of feeling out and grappling before they're going for those big moves. It
1: reminded me a lot more of the very few MMA matches I've watched. Mm. I've kind of. It is either really slow and you're kind of you know it's high tension or they're going full on at each other yes yeah, so it's kind
0: of that feeling out process yeah. almost at the start but I think it makes sense because these two had faced off on a number of occasions and honestly picking an AJ Styles and Nakamura match it was you know put them all in a hat and pick one you know you're going to get a good night one of my favorite things ever this was like a gif which I saw everywhere and just shows you how badass and cool Shinsuke is which was him eating AJ Styles' imaginary Bullet Club bullets.
1: That's what it was. I wrote, AJ points at Shinsuke and Shinsuke eats it.
0: <laughs> eats the arrow. Yeah, like, no, um. it was a bit weird. It's
1: kind of like pointing at him and then Shinsuke's like, yum.
0: Because the thing that the Bullet Club, uh, with Finn did it as well, and the other members. The, the idea was that the, the hand gesture was the gun, you know, you're pointing at them, you've got to get them, you know. So Shinsuke just eats the bullets How and then he- goes... Come How here. do
1: people normally react to being shot at with an imaginary gun? Ah!
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no. It's just kind of like, oh, you've got to imaginary shoot me. How dare you? Like, <laughs> no. no one's ever eaten the bullets before. Ah, that's what you're wondering. So Shinsuke getting one of his five a day of imaginary wrestling items in his <laughs> diet. There's lots of knees, lots of kicks. And I think the one thing I noticed most about Shinsuke, and I was trying to figure out why is it about like so much of his wrestling that makes me kind of go... <gasps> Is the force that he goes with the strikes that he misses. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes this guy's going for kicks... And it's kind of like, yeah... And it's like, oh, here it comes, time of, to duck.
1: Yeah, they pull back a little bit too quickly. A little
0: bit slow. And I think a lot of the reason that is... And it's happened with you know Daniel Bryan you know, in a few matches in WWE... And CM Punk and whatnot. Is that, you know, if someone misses or someone ducks too early. It just looks so fucking hokey. Yeah. But with Shinsuke... The knee strike to the ground, the big roundhouse kick that he always goes for and misses. I swear, if he actually hit those moves, he would kill those people. Because they sound so forceful. They make like a whoosh noise. They do! They break (laughs) the fucking sound barrier.
1: Sword legs.
0: Can we talk about Shinsuke's grunts?
1: So good. He's the gruntiest man.
0: He is the king of grunts. Mm. He, he can have a second crown for that. King
1: of grunt style.
0: He's so grunty that Adam Bibolo will take him out for a nice dinner and then call him immediately afterwards <laughs> to make sure he's okay. Absolute king of grunts. <laughs> He does his move in the corner where he puts his foot on someone's face and then shakes wildly. Yeah, which
1: you told me had a really cool name. It was the Good Vibration.
0: Yeah, and I think, I believe it's Corey Graves who gave it that moniker. I could be wrong.
1: I think it probably, I think you're right. Corey Graves sounds like a Beach Boys fan. Well, my headcanon
0: is that, um, you know, uh, Nakamura is a Brian Wilson fan. Yes,
1: to be fair he probably is. If he's got good-ass tastes like Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury.
0: News just in, Shinsuke Nakamura decides instead of debuting on main roster he will spend a year in bed. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so, Shinsuke kicks the shit out of AJ Styles for the first part of this match and uh, AJ does at one point your new favourite move.
1: The phenomenal forearm.
0: It took you a while to kind of I'm not say admit but I remember when we were playing the wrestling game recently and I was like, you know that move that you always freak out about? And you're like, what one? You know the one that AJ does the big the big dive? I'm like, Because oh, that is like a move that always makes you gasp and go, yeah, and go shocked.
1: Yeah, I think the thing I love about it so much, it's it's a terrifying move because I mean, I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of Roman Reigns' Superman punch thing. If you can't tell, I'm... Oh, don't stop doing that. Kevin's been doing that stupid... Masturbation (laughs) arm (laughs) things. Come on, like, Kevin's no, that's been doing not. that
0: stupid masturbation thing. I don't even know. <laughs> just so you know, all right, what she meant to say there was that Kevin is doing the, the Hancock thing that Roman Reigns does. Yeah, what he, whatever. He doesn't say I'm masturbating everywhere. <laughs> Kevin's just been masturbating everywhere. It's just so annoying.
1: But he's been doing this to me and at me. Such a nasty woman. <laughs> Kevin's been doing this at me all week, all week. He's just, every so often I'll be turning around because I'll hear this kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> noise and it's there Kevin just like masturbating his arm look
0: Joe alright like, just staring at look, him dead in the eye. Right, I'm not a good guy alright I'm not a bad guy alright I'm just I'm just the guy alright the sooner you get to grips with that the happier we'll be
1: and the worst is because Kevin is mildly obsessed with Donald Trump at the moment is when Kevin Wrong. Will, will say something Wrong. that Donald Trump has said and then do the arm thing <laughs> While pulling a Donald Trump face. This is the man I choose to be in a relationship with for some reason. Just so you know, fans
0: at home, yes, I am the worst.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so as we were talking about the, uh, the, the phenomenal forearm, why I love it, is because, I, I mean, like I said, yeah, I like that move that Roman Reigns does anyway. I think it looks really cool. But the fact that Shinsuke does it jumping off the top rope, and it's the way he... Extends his arm back and his legs while he's jumping. Pure comic
0: book pose, like. It's
1: you. Yeah, if you animated it, you'd be like, no human could do that. That's not realistic. He it's does incredible. it perfectly. It's you watch it in slow motion, and there's not a single limb out of place. I just, it's incredible. To me. It's a thing of absolute beauty, and I love it so much. That's what's
0: great about this match. That you've got two guys who can just do do what they do so perfectly. And they're such different styles, the two of them as well, and they mesh together so beautifully. I absolutely love that. While I was watching this match though, I couldn't help but kind of notice how much of this New Japan style, for lack of a better term, is being like just hoovered up and appropriated by WWE and really NXT as well like everyone now is doing suplexes into turnbuckles everyone now is doing like oh here's a move but they've hit him into the ropes or they hit him into the turnbuckle or onto the apron it's such a it's such a huge part of the WWE style now I mean there's always been a history of American wrestling nicking stuff from Japan I think. When reading McFoley's book, you were really shocked to hear it was just like, oh yeah, so I just nicked this move, the double RDT yeah. from some Japanese wrestler. Ha ha ha. You know, he can't do anything about it.
1: I think there's an important difference to be to be made though in it's slightly different from stealing someone's move to being influenced by a culture. Mm. Like the the kind of showmanship from NXT that they've taken from, from wrestling, from Japanese wrestling, I think is awesome. And it's not like it's attributed to like one in particular wrestler, so I think it's kind of
0: okay. It's more of a mentality, I, I mean, guess, it's of
1: proved wrestling. There's, there's
0: in... just the thing I think is WWE, and I guess it's it's part of it, which is they not necessarily have their finger on the pulse, but they will find what is working, what the kind of the popular style is. Yeah. And they will start to you know, bring in guys that can do that, and those are the guys that get reactions, and then that means they'll bring in other guys, and that's why most of the main roster at the moment are guys from, you know, Ring of Honor, because that's a style which... Was becoming quite popular in Ring of Honor. A lot of reason that style was popular is because those guys wrestled over in Japan, and they were over in Japan a lot because after WCW and ECW closed, you had to go over to Japan to hone your style. So there is kind of a cyclical thing of WWE establishing this is our style, and then looking around, kind of going, okay, now this is our style. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean it's right. I don't think it's as like I don't think Vince McMahon is like, let's go steal all that Japanese shit and make it our own. <laughs> I think it's it's a slower process than that. They bring in the guys, the guys bring in the style, the fans react to it, and this is kind of how you end up with WWE emulating a lot of what you're seeing yeah. here. I mean, if I showed you, you know, this type of a match three years previously, you would have been like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen, but this is not unlike anything you've ever seen now, because you see a lot of this and a lot of these guys on WWE now.
1: I mean, this match may be slightly differently from the other Shinsuke matches that we've covered because I'd say this one does kind of stand out mm. in a way. It's very different. The, yeah. the pace is much slower.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: The crowd is almost silent. There's most a of it.
0: the thing with the crowd. That was something you mentioned kind of briefly before. What is it about the kind of Japanese crowd that's maybe slightly different for you? Because I know we we watched one or two matches from Japan before, and you kind of we with the young bucks and stuff, and you kind of said, hey. Over there in Japan, it seems a bit different.
1: So I'm slightly aware of how different it is anyway. I know that in Japan, there's more of an expectation for you to stay quiet and appreciate the moves and kind of clap when a particularly big move is done. Mm. Um, And there's also more of a kind of slow build, I think, for the crowd to kind of get into it. Um and a couple of matches we saw for Shinsuke. There were chants, which I thought was really interesting because I didn't think that was a thing that was done in Japan. I think that's
0: something which it's the WWE is influencing the American style is influencing the direction because certainly speaking in the eighties. I mean, I like I, I I'm dreading the day that in the Tokyo Dome you hear this is awesome chant. Ugh. I wonder that day. This may come, is wrestling. Uh, fight forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, it's a little bit strange for me, I guess, um, especially if there's like no commentary, which this match didn't have, mm. really. I don't know. Yeah, it was. I don't want to say it's that like, I don't like it as much necessarily, but it is a bit of a culture shock for me.
0: I know for me, definitely, always the the, the crowd needs to be into it for me to get into it. Yeah, I think a great match can be spoiled by a crowd that I feel don't give it. The, you know, the respect it deserves. There's all these matches from like WCW in the 90s where the crowd is just like, huh. And I'm like, fuck you, that's amazing shit. So I always kind of remind myself in Japan, they're not like being like, huh. They're just being engrossed. Well yeah, they're I mean, kind of paying that attention. But it's weird. It is weird.
1: Before we watch these matches, it's actually something I mentioned to you after we went and saw that match with like Kurt Angle and everything. Because as a wrestling fan, I mean, I've only seen two shows. But I find it quite weird for me to get into the headspace of, oh yeah, I'll cheer and I'll like i'll clap but like the cheering aspect and, and screaming and stuff like that is something i find very weird to get into particularly like, if
0: it's like a match you're really interested in like yeah the, uh, watch my, it like? my
1: gut instinct is to kind of lean forwards and be like just don't even blink don't move don't say anything i don't want to miss a split second because i might miss something awesome and it's like when we went to go see this show i actually felt quite bad because i i'm well aware that wrestlers and the wrestling community is expected to be loud and Contribute, yeah,
0: because Bret Hart famously hated working in Japan because he thought the crowds wouldn't react. I can totally see why. And he's like, you know, I'm out there, I'm doing all my moves, and you know, no one's making any noise. Why would I even come to to Japan to wrestle anymore? And he was like really hurt by it all the yeah. time. He thought that you know, you don't like my wrestling, well, fuck you. But the idea was that, you know, because Brett, so much of it was submission and technical, they were like, wow, you know, really engrossed. (laughs) (laughs) They were trying to pay you a compliment Brett.
1: So it's kind of interesting for me, because on the one hand, yeah, I found it a bit weird, but also I know it's exactly what I'm like when Mm. I'm wrestling It's true.
0: There is a diving knee off the top rope by Shinsuke, which he does to the back of AJ's head. And I kind of, a lot of the moves here, I do wonder, how do you, you know, work these moves, you know, 100%. How do you make that? There's no way you can do that without their beat. Look, this is going to suck a bit. Yeah, you know, this is going to hurt to an be extent.
1: Really sore later. Back of the fucking
0: head with that knee off the top rope, that momentum. Oh. Ow. <sighs> and uh, I will say one thing about AJ Styles here given how fucking lanky and large Shinsuke is, he does some moves on him that I'm very, very impressed that he can do. Like he's picking him up at Fireman's carries spin him around. Although AJ can do this shit with John Cena, if you've been listening to our Patreon reviews where we've been talking about AJ picking up Cena on his shoulders, it's incredible. The man's an ant. He can pick up things much bigger than him.
1: There's a moment where AJ gets him like kind of... He's knocked Shinsuke kind of out. Shinsuke looks dead. Shinsuke looks awesome, by the way, when he's doing his whole dead face thing. He's really stoning out his eyes and looking kind of not there. But Shinsuke manages to kind of get him up onto the top rope to do, I can't remember, some kind of flippy move. You know the one. (laughs) Hurricane Hurricane Rana, was it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But the way he managed to do that, and Shinsuke manages to still look almost unconscious, because that's something that really bothers me in a lot of wrestling. They're kind of helping each other out. <laughs> yeah, off. it's kind of like, clearly, like, oh, I'm pretending to be unconscious, but also I'm climbing up the ropes here. but your arms None of that. There. Shinsuke yeah. looked out of it. And, but like, obviously, he had to be helping him up onto the rope, right? It's amazing.
0: That's kind of like, that's the difference between like, that's the difference between stuff that gets like rated as being like the best and stuff that's rated as being like very, very good. If there's mm. moments that might break that flow break the mystique I'm kind of like ah everyone's going to realise that it's fake yeah you know and we all know it's fake obviously but it's like moments that take you out of yeah. the story no more than seeing the boom mic in Dolomite you're like hang on a second <laughs> you know it's kind of a similar thing if you see a guy like yeah here let's get up onto the rope and do the big move now but you're... his eyes are closed but yeah exactly you know uh, that that's kind of That that's a really important thing in wrestling to have. That I think there are some incredible striking sequences down the line here, and like when he does that rolling cross arm breaker onto AJ, that was so cool. He literally rolls like a cat that's come out of a window and is landing on its legs perfectly unbelievable
1: it's like a tumbleweed turned wrestler
0: (laughs) and aj manages to reverse that into a one-legged styles clash and little note fact about me one of my favorite things in wrestling is when someone kind of half gets in a devastating move just to get out of a predicament like a one-legged styles clash or a one-armed pedigree and that's what we have here
1: that was really cool as well, yeah
0: and aj then does Finn's Finisher which huh? is a uh, 1916 or as it was known back then Bloody Sunday obviously that's a big bullet club thing so, right you know. so I wouldn't have known that yeah all you know about those guys is that they all saw each other at SummerSlam and nodded yeah and then Luke Gowers and Carl Anderson made a face
1: and then they ended up as doctors yeah <laughs> Yeah, easy
0: peasy. We got a Samoan driver off the top rope by Shinsuke Nakamura. And that was amazing because AJ was setting him up for the top rope Styles Clash. And I said to you, I think he's going to go for the Styles Clash off the top rope. And you just went, how? <laughs> 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 it's not even possible. <laughs> Bommie to the back of AJ's head. And then another one to the front for good measure and equality. Shinsuke <laughs> wins another barn burner of a fucking match. After this match, literally two weeks later, AJ Styles was in the Royal Rumble, and then the news had come out: AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Anderson, and Gallows—all of them signed by WWE.
1: That's amazing. It's so weird to think this match happened just weeks before Shinsuke came out. Yeah, that—that so
0: that was like that news, and I think that's such an important point to talk about: the news that Shinsuke was coming to WWE. And so many times when wrestlers are announced as being coming over. That there is a lot of cynicism with older fans. It's like there he won't know what to do with him, they'll fuck him up, he won't get to do his shit, it'll be bad, it'll be he'll be buried, he won't get a focus, they don't know what to do with these Japanese wrestlers, he'll just be some guy, yada yada, yada. And I mean, a lot of that I think stems from a lot of older fans having real bad memories of Wrestlers going between organizations like WWF and WCW. You know, famously, WCW didn't know what to do with a lot of stars they got from WWF, or WWF got in, you know, big stars from around the world, didn't know what to do with them. Like Sin Cara, one of the biggest stars in Mexico, didn't know what to do with them. During the Attitude Era, they brought in Takemichinoku, who, pound for pound at the time, was probably one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Wow. Japanese wrestler. And he had to put up with. Silly backstage segments that had to do with him not being able to drive a car because he's Asian. What? Silly segments involving him and his tag team partner having English dubbed over them because ha 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 Godzilla movies.
1: Oh my god.
0: And again this pervasive theory that Japanese wrestlers can't get over in WWE because an American wrestling audience won't get behind someone who can't speak the language, who can't cut a promo, who can't make that direct connection. And there's a lot of people out there like Vince Russo is a big proponent of that. He's always said guys under a mask can't get over. Guys from some other country can't get over because if you're flipping channels and you see a guy from another country there speaking another language or is not relatable to you, then you're not going to be a fan of this guy. Yeah. That is racist. in, the, in It's, it, so it's racist. pure racist and
1: also comes from a place of great privilege. If you've grown, if you've spent your life as a minority, or a woman, you know, a trans person, a person of colour, you're so used to having to identify with people that don't look like you or sound like you. Fucking <laughs> get over it. The rest of the population has. Come on.
0: Yeah, and as honestly, as if we really think one of the main problems that WWE has at the moment is not having enough white male wrestling fans. Yeah,
1: come on. Seriously? We've got
0: enough sand at beach, lads, okay? There's, pe- <laughs> there's plenty of us, okay? You know, maybe we should try and...
1: Even you white straight men are getting bored of seeing more white straight men, right? I mean,
0: it's it's true, and I mean, it's... <laughs> Um, Shinsuke Nakamura flies in the face of all of that yeah. because like Mick Foley in one of his books said you know if this was about who was the best wrestler it would be Takamichi would be the top guy and he'd have the belt and yada 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 but the fact is if you never portray a guy as being able to be that if you just portray him and assume that the audience aren't going to like them you're making a massive assumption that your audience is never going to be able to relate to someone from another country yeah. and that is such a backwards viewpoint just
1: shows I think the the lack of skill and imagination and self-awareness, I think, really, it just says bad things about the person who's saying that.
0: I really do, and I think...
1: It's so ignorant.
0: When you see the reaction and the the hype and the excitement when Shinsuke was coming into WWE, if you can, in this day and age, honestly think that a main eventer can't be someone from another country and English isn't their first language... You're dead wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And Shinsuke has only been on NXT for the time being. And a lot of people are very frustrated, I think, that Shinsuke is there. I think all in due time, Mm. you know. But I'm... Touch wood, obviously. But I'm very, very much a believer that Shinsuke, when he gets onto the main roster, will do phenomenally well for himself. And I think he is going to really take a hammer to that fucking concept, that backwards, old... And frankly, just completely xenophobic concept mm. that you have to be, you know, oh, I'm not going to cheer for someone unless they're the same skin colour as me or from the same country as me. Mate, look, we're all fucking English and Irish fans been cheering for American guys yeah. for years. We can put our, We can take a bit of a leap across the water. Are they charismatic? Can they wrestle? Are they exciting? How
1: come it's the Japanese? Like, they're fine with like Brock Lesnar coming over. Like, <laughs> what? So what, we're not capable of that same level of, of awareness of other cultures, that's insulting.
0: Is that so so interesting as well because the the tradition in Japan has always been, you know, if the gaijin wrestler comes over, it's it's like a big thing. It's like, holy shit, you know, and a lot of guys have made big names for themselves not being the most skilled wrestler, (laughs) solely by being the big scary white dude or the big, you know, weird dude from another country who's come over. You know, obviously it doesn't need to be as like, ah, they're from somewhere else, you know, when we're bringing people over, but certainly it shows that, we can have that. You Absolutely know? we can. And I was so excited when the buzz and the excitement overtook any sort of cynicism with Shinsuke coming in because from the seconds they announced that he would be facing Sami Zayn and NXT TakeOver Dallas, the game went of their mind made up that WrestleMania, the entire weekend, Sorry, all shows... Sorry, WrestleMania. Sorry, Triple H versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> Sorry, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, Shinsuke and Sami Zayn. That was where it was at, and I remember that was being the one I was gonna be. Mo- I was most excited for the whole weekend because that was a long weekend of wrestling for us. Yeah, and I think that that was one that I was so excited about. So our next match we're gonna look at then is Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Sami Zayn at NXT Takeover. What were your kind of thoughts at the time? Did you did it come across to you on the NXT show and with all this stuff on Twitter and, and online? Was this something you were excited to see?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone was excited. I, didn't, I didn't. Don't think a single person anywhere I saw was like, "Oh yeah, it's not going to be that good, though, is it?" Mm. Everyone was like, "What the hell? What did we do to deserve such a wonderful match like this?" Like, how? How? So that was really nice. So, yeah, I was definitely excited for it.
0: But there was huge amounts of buzz around this, and. Some of the pictures that were coming out that made me so excited. The one that made me most excited did you see Shinsuke at the airport with his mother? No, there was a picture on Twitter of like Shinsuke literally departing to go to, to Florida, you know, to, to, to move and all that. And it was literally him and his mother doing his little, oh! his little hand <laughs> phrase, and this little old lady is doing it as well. Shinsuke in the airport, oh,
1: that's so cool.
0: Seeing pictures of Shinsuke shaking hands with Vince McMahon and Triple H, yeah, still even now you know, nine months after the fact, strange.
1: I think one of the things that got me most excited for Shinsuke's debut on NXT was the little video clips that you'd see from his phone every so often. And obviously he's speaking in, in kind of broken English, but still that charisma, that charm, just the coolness oozes from every ounce of him.
0: It transcends language. Yeah, it I absolutely
1: think. does, yeah. What
0: he's got, yeah, it goes He goes doesn't need it.
1: to learn to speak English. He he can communicate just with a look and a body movement
0: and that's funny and interesting as well because it's like it's like the gaijin wrestlers who went over to Japan back in the 70s and the 80s that really made a big name for themselves guys like Bruiser Brody and Stan Henson they were able to communicate almost without language. Yeah. The kind of through the eyes, through the body language. That was how they got over with those crowds. It's amazing to see kind of in a weird way, the flip side, yeah. Shinsuke coming over here, making that connection, not through his words, but through his body language, his eyes, his charisma, <laughs> his weird hand movements.
1: What was weird though was that everyone thought Shinsuke was like the most handsome man ever and so like, you know, attractive. And when I first saw pictures of him and stuff, I thought he was kind of like a strange goblin man. Yeah, he's goblin man eddy. was the phrase used to last. Like, his face is weathered. Um, but it's something that's like, you don't, it's like Daniel Bryan, because I thought the same thing of Daniel Bryan. I was like, oh, he's not, not much of a hunk. And then I saw him wrestle, I saw his promos and stuff, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Same thing with Shinsuke. It took me like two seconds of a video of him for me to be like, oh, no, he's really hot. He's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so cool.
0: I think like even the bit where he, they showed the video of him on his phone challenging Sammy. Yeah. It was just like, Sammy's a, like... I'll see you at TakeOver and everyone loses their fucking yeah. minds. Oh, man. I like the little video package we got here with Maro Rinaldo, Shinsuke Nakamura, one of the
1: greatest... <laughs> I love your Mauro Ranallo, I am getting so really good. great
0: with Mauro Rinaldo yeah. now. You know? he's, he's my favorite new voice to imitate. So Him
1: and Bubbles are my two faves of yours.
0: <gasps> well, I'm just saying if you want more Mauro Rinaldo impressions, Patreon, $5 backers. We've just done No Mercy and we did Backlash as well with Clash of Champions lots of maro Ronaldo in there (laughs) because it's the most fun thing to do is to do maro Ronaldo voices and shinsuke coming out this was like an entrance that i thought was just it was like it was uh, no defining i guess but for
1: his entrance though i just want to mention we had nakamura chants like deafening nakamura chants before his music even hits, they had a really clever kind of moment. We're here where they lowered all the lights; it was pitch black, and they just had the audience kind of noise in the background. Wait a second! Wait like... for it! And then, da, 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 da. so How
0: cool. fucking great is that theme and that entrance—the
1: best! I'm wow. That guy deserves a medal. Amazing! It's absolutely
0: amazing, and the choreography of his entrance. I love. I know that's a big thing that you're into. Is Huge guys thing, kind yeah. of timing up their movements with this? Did you see who was actually chatting through Nakamura with his entrance and all the stuff he should do? Triple H. There's actually a video of Triple H with Nakamura kind of like, and "You come out, you do all oh, this yes. kind of stuff." It's Triple H with the sleeves rolled up, doing the Nakamura shit. It's so. Fucking cool. To I've see not seen that. Triple H kinda of going all shucking and jive with the, the elbows and the hands, like Because
1: I saw one bit where Triple H was like, okay, you can do that entrance longer. Just drag it on as long as you like, you make that work for you, okay? They're they're here, they've paid money to see you.
0: This theme, I think, is one of my favourite themes in wrestling at the moment.
1: The theme and the entrance, like as a combination, Together, yeah. is perfect. Like when
0: you see his name come up, that bright red, thick font. I know you're so a font cool. fan, but that is I just am. beautiful. The way it appears, like with the, It's like something from Kill Bill or something Especially like that, you know?
1: With the lighting, the red lights, you just see Shinsuke's, like, silhouette, like just black against red. So cool.
0: Now, when this match was coming around, because Sami Zayn was number one boy in your books mm. at the time, and this was uh, an interesting one. Were you rooting for Sami or were you rooting for Nakamura? Because this was boy v boy, really, looking I don't back think at think I it. was
1: really. Rooting for, I mean, I, I don't root for people as much as other, like, maybe older school wrestling yeah. fans do. For me, I, I don't really just want the wrestlers to have a good time, unless man. I hate one of them. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm there just to see the match, I don't care who wins.
0: <laughs> he makes an impression straight away with that entrance,
1: yeah. He, he really was like, I, I had my expectations raised, I thought maybe unrealistically, because everyone was so excited, everyone was like, This is the best wrestler in the world, like, that's what everyone was saying. And his entrance was the coolest thing ever. He's the coolest thing ever. And then when you actually see him wrestle, I mean, how does he do it? How does he raise expectations so much and then just... Spash explode them, them all. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm even cooler than everyone said I was. That's
0: high praise as well, because, I mean, you were talking about, at the time, it's not just like WWE saying, here's the best wrestler in the world, because WWE say that shit all the time. Yeah, no, it's the fans. They, they will say, like, oh, this person is the greatest... You know, They said Goldberg was the greatest WCW champion of all time the other day. Yeah, right. Ric Flair, cough, cough. Um, but they'll always say things are the greatest, and that doesn't mean much, but when you've got WWE saying it, you've got all wrestlers are saying, he's like, X-Pac, I remember at the time, like, all, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, yeah, they were all saying, he's my favourite wrestler in the world. Mm. All these guys are saying he's his favourite. You had, like, the likes of Neil Meltzer and Alvarez, all the, the, the big critics of wrestling saying, he's the best wrestler in the world. So when all the wrestling world is telling you that shit,
1: you it's take hard. fucking notice because yeah. he is, you know? It's hard not to be a touch cynical when everyone's saying that. Everyone's like, oh, everyone says he's the best. Well, is he really the best or well, what's, what's going on? But he is.
0: How good can a wrestler actually be? Yeah. You know? <laughs> he He makes that impact straight away. And I will say, hot take. I took it on the night and I stand by this hot take. I do prefer his NXT music. To his New Japan music.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one because like, his New Japan, because I, I already thought I'd prefer his NXT music, but when I heard the New Japan wrestling music, it is awesome. It's really, mm. really cool. It's and the entrance is cool as well. But... It's amazing, but I yeah, I do prefer, I don't know if it's because maybe, like, you know, your favourite Bond is always whichever one you saw first. Yeah, probably, that's like, true. Sean Timothy Connery, Dalton. Sean Connery all the way. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I, I do, I do prefer it. It's, it's, it's just, it's perfect. Mm. Um, Really interesting when Shinsuke comes out into the ring just before the fight actually starts and there's kind of this tension and the fans are cheering like, holy shit. And Sammy looks, he's just sitting in the corner, kind of chilling, like just watching Shinsuke. Pretending to chill almost. Pretending to chill. And in his eyes, you can see he's starstruck he's trying to stay cool but there's like this look
0: because I thought that look when I first watched the match I thought he looks nervous and the second time watching it and you kind of pointed out he looks like he's about to burst into the biggest fucking smile like I I get to wrestle Shinsuke like I'm the first guy lucky fucking (laughs) me. I'm going to steal the show of whole Wrestlemania weekend (laughs) the only awkward thing of this is um, and the announcers do a great job of putting over Nakamura and what's interesting and unique about him I will say, Swagskay is the fucking lamest nickname. Corey Graves, your grand. All that right? whole list no.
1: of cool nicknames, and you've got Swagskay. Ugh.
0: I would actually rather you call him, you know, the Child of God, as opposed yeah. to Swagskay. Have some fucking respect, Corey Graves. You know, he
1: makes swag seem like shit.
0: <laughs> and I love as well when they're like, they just have the audience in the palm of their hands. Yeah. You know, when they're doing the. The, the, the forearms back and forth and people are just going, yes, yes,
1: I felt, Jamie, yes. genu- even though I've seen this match before, I was worried for both of them because they yeah. kept going and it's clearly because they're listening to the crowd and the crowd's still going, yes, so they've got to keep going. And it's just, how are they, they're punching each other so hard. And I'm just genuinely worried that they're just going to be covered in bruises, like broken noses, teeth knocked down. Shinsuke
0: does get a bloody nose, which I know remember. He does. I didn't know that either. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but that's, yeah.
0: Because what's interesting about this, and um, it's something which I think as wrestling fans, uh, older wrestling fans maybe need to to take a moment always to step to one side, and it's one that's definitely appeared on the latest attitude era podcasts which is matches you watch live and have a very fun memory of and then watching them back again later when the result is not in question and the main spots are probably in there in your brain does it still hold up because i do think a strength of a real amazing wrestling match is one you could watch on more than one occasion, with different people, different scenarios, yeah. and a lot of the matches, which I think from a few years back, which I have I was like, oh, they, that match was awesome, it was really good, and then watching it back, I'm like, ah, actually, it was, it was good at the time because I was like hyped up. It was three in the morning, and I was really tired and kind of a bit dazed and full of pizza. Watching them in the clear head in the middle of the day, I was like, okay, now this, this, this is the good shit right yeah. here. And even still, in this match, having watched so much New Japan stuff And the build up for this. Them strikes, them knees—they just get me every time. The kicks, the noise, fucking glorious stuff. And
1: this is the match as well, where both of them have got closed fists. When yes. Going at each other. Yeah, I
0: love that as well. And it looks like Sammy, like they do this great face versus face thing. And face versus face is not easy to no. do. If you got a good guy and a good guy, invariably someone's going to get booed. Someone's going to get cheered. And Sami Zayn, who was on his way out of NXT at the time onto the main roster, and here comes shiny new Buzz Lightyear Nakamura. <laughs> I was really worried that the fans might go, "Ah, fuck you, Sami! Here comes Nakamura!" But they did it in a way they got both of them to cheer.
1: Absolutely, because you kind of feel this is Sami Zayn's last match on NXT, and what a way to go! Oh, back. seriously! I mean, pass could you the torch as well as the normal things. Yeah. Better.
0: Unbelievable, and I love it because the story they tell is. Sammy is fighting from underneath, he's like trying to get a comeback every time on Nakamura but then Nakamura cuts him off by doing something dazzling, like a fucking kick that makes Sammy head explode or whatever. Yeah. So you get like oh here comes Sammy and then oh shit that's an amazing move and so you get cheers for both.
1: And what's so clever about that as well is it works for both characters in their own circle of wrestling anyway. Shinsuke's whole thing about him being kind of like a rebellious, um, outlandish wrestler who doesn't play by the rules, Sammy always the underdog, mm. is Keeps playing on both of those roles right to the very end. I think that's so clever. That's I think so a, well.
0: a lot of people would have cynically thought, "Oh, Sami Zayn, Nakamura, you got this big, smart wrestling crowd here. You know, this is you know people who've come for WrestleMania, and those oh uh, that subsection of WrestleMania, the ones that went to NXT. This is like boiled down internet fans to a very rich zoo of <laughs> internet fans. And some people cynically might think, well, you could fucking do anything, and they'll cheer, fight forever, and this <sighs> is awesome.'" But you know what, even still, with the overenthusiastic audience, they still earned every single one of those chants, I think. Absolutely. And my favourite spot was when Sammy was going for his signature scary move where he dives through the turnbuckles oh! to get a spitting DDT, and Nakamura just has that leg out there, like running into a brick wall the way Sammy sells, it. he just collapses. Fucking glorious! And then we get Kinshasa and Shinsuke Winsuke's his debut in NXT. (laughs) And he's went on since to win the NXT Championship. He's had amazing matches with Samoa Joe. He's had amazing matches with Austin Aries. And you know what? The most amazing thing I love to see is watching NXT randomly and watching Nakamura kill some random jabroni.
1: The most recent thing that's just blown me away is, is his thing with Samoa Joe. The way, like, recently we had them both held back by 10 members of staff, like security staff, holding them aside. Both of them beating up the security. They want to get to each other so bad. It's amazing because like Samoa Joe has such a talent for being a terrifying heel. Like I-, I genuinely would fear for my life seeing Samoa Joe like run at me. Joanna Graham! even being held back by ten men. <laughs> William
0: Regal, bring me Joanna Graeme or bring me my <laughs> podcast.
1: And yet Shinsuke stands up to that and looks equal. Like it's amazing. that's incredible that he can he can be as scary in a face way as much as Samoa Joe is in a heel way. It's... And that's
0: what's so awesome to see is that because it you know to come in for that one match and you know to do the big kind of wow, wow amazing wham bam bam and it wasn't like a Jushin Thunder Liger where he came in and had this one awesome match and then went off again, for him to actually fit into the storylines and to him to have build and. You know what, I, it was really funny, because we're probably going to approach the moment now. we're going to talk about tweets, and this is usually where we put the promo in. I was thinking, how the fuck are we going to put in a promo for Shinsuke? No fucking worries, lads, because he's actually doing kick-ass at his English, and just this last week, he cut a kick-ass promo on Simone's show.
1: So good, so cool, like, chilling as well.
0: Do you want to see him up on the main roster, like... ASAP, or do you want to see him in NXT for a bit more?
1: I want to see him in NXT for a bit more. I don't. I think it'd be a waste just to put him up there. Mm. He needs to. They need to have a plan for him if they're going to move him up. They, they, and I, I mean a proper plan, like an AJ Styles yeah. equal plan. They need to give him dues. But I absolutely want to see him on the main show. I just I want people to be so begging for it want yeah. to be like, give us Samoa Joe. We need it, and then for them to be like, here you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, when Shinsuke gets onto that main roster, same with Samoa Joe, I guess. It's like there's just so many dream matches yeah. that are there waiting to happen. And it th- makes me excited for the next year of wrestling. That's one of the great things about NXT and them kind of polling They're not showing you everything because you look at the main show and kind of go, oh, well, what else is going to happen? But you kind of think, well, there's a possibility you might get Shinsuke up there in a few months or Joe up in a few months. And that makes you excited when you think of all the dream matches. Shinsuke and Kevin Owens, Shinsuke and AJ, Shinsuke and Brock, Shinsuke and, you know, John Cena, for fuck's sake. I mean, good lord, that would be incredible. Shinsuke and your boy Seth Rollins. Oh,
1: god, this is, this is endless.
0: You can literally pick any name. Shinsuke and Cesaro. Yeah. I'd even take Shinsuke and the fucking Miz after what we've been seeing today oh, recently, absolutely. you know?
1: Can we do, uh, can we get into our armchairs for a second? Of course. settle in here. Oof. Okay, so here's how I'd do it. I would have Shinsuke beat Samoa Joe on NXT have Samoa Joe move up to the main show. Mm-hmm. Make Samoa Joe the star, like, right? And then, after enough time has passed, Samoa Joe's got some kind of WrestleMania match with some huge guy like AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. And then, at WrestleMania, main event, Shinsuke Nakamura comes out with, to interfere with a match with Samoa Joe versus some big star. That's how I would do it. So
0: you set off like a big feud after WrestleMania. If
1: anyone, no, not after WrestleMania. In WrestleMania, <gasps>
0: oh sacrilege! You not Interview in the but main if event.
1: Anyone has earned that? It's Shinsuke. Mm, he, interesting. He's, he's the guy who could come out in WrestleMania, and the fans would go wild. I want
0: to see him at the Rumble, really personally. Like just a random number, and all of a sudden, out comes Shinsuke Nakamura, and everyone in the ring goes, <gasps> and there you go—you've got your fucking big debut. I, th- <laughs> I think you know. I think that could that could work well. But there's a lot to look forward to at Shinsuke Nakamura, and these are always kind of. My favourite episodes, in a way, where we're not ending on a kind of a, you know, and then their career went into And It's kind of like he had such a huge career, but I'm sure that the future is so bright yeah. for him. So, how would you rate Shinsuke versus Sammy then?
1: Five out of five stars. Duh. Wow,
0: you gotta love five stars for Shinsuke. I know.
1: Well, he's, he's earned it.
0: Five star boy, that's his new nickname. He's
1: the best in the world, isn't he?
0: The king of boy style. <laughs> All right, we've talked a lot about Shinsuke and his amazing matches and endeavors. Now it's time to get into some of your thoughts using the hashtag HowToShinsuke. Let's read some of the tweets.
1: Samoa Joe, I'm not down with you. You want my NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver. Come get it. Do whatever you want. You're cheap, dirty trick. I don't care. I just beat you with no mercy. One Team musset on Twitter says, I was flabbergasted when Chris Zabard told me how tall he is. So tall, so much flippity-doo. Yeah, he's a giant for how much flip he does. What what uh, what height is he? I think he's six foot one, ah. which okay isn't like you uh, know. You know okay, oh, yes. okay. Uh.
0: I'm, I'm flexing here. Yeah, I but
1: think. can you do any of the things that Shinsuke can do? No, but I can make very
0: good turkey tacos. That's true. That is true. But
1: seriously, considering his height, he is so flippy. He's so flexible. Yeah,
0: no, I think that's... The flexibility of Nakamura is what's the kind of most amazing thing about him. The reach of his reach. arms and legs. Yeah. Incredible.
1: Maester 94 says, When he debuted at NXT TakeOver Dallas, I cried tears of joy at his theme, entrance, and match with Sami Zayn. That's Aww. cute.
0: That that is like it was I think it was a really important moment for a lot of wrestling fans. That one because it really did. Because it's been for years we talked about it with Daniel Bryan, you know, a bit about the idea of them kind of you know, getting over the thing they had, the, the being their bonnet about indie wrestling and guys who made their names not in WWE. And really, I do think Shinsuke. That was a moment, his debut, where it was like, look, the walls are fucking down. Here's wrestling. We're calling it wrestling. We're not sports entertainment. We are a wrestling company and he is the best wrestler in the world. Let's bring him in. And that was like, you know, particularly for some of us who watched through some of the fucking wilderness years, like what we're doing at the moment on the Attitude Era podcast, during that time, never seemed like you would have had the likes of a... Of a Nakamura come over like that. So, yeah, that means a lot. It, it was really a big, does. big moment for a lot of fans.
1: L. Stop Spot says, incredible when motivated, one of the laziest ever when not. Have you heard about this? A couple of people have mentioned that he's apparently quite a lazy performer in some respects. I have
0: heard comparisons to Randy Orton for, for those <laughs> reasons in that, A, he's someone who started off as like a nice boy and then evolved into this kind of more demented, kind of twisted character. But I have heard that as well about Shinsuke, that if he's underwhelmed by an opponent or unimpressed with what he's doing then he, and if he's unmotivated that apathy will come out in the ring mm. now I guess I've not seen a lot of that because I'm not someone who follows New Japan week to week nor have I ever I've only ever been told hey have you seen this match with Shinsuke and it's usually an amazing match no one's ever said hey have you seen this match with Shinsuke where he's been underwhelmed <laughs> so I have heard stories of him being a bit like that where it's like my opponent isn't isn't shit I don't like this so he's not gonna Right. that being said you know what he gave us a great show when he wrestled fucking Buddy Murphy and Elias Samson nxt so yeah you know that says a lot
1: (laughs) (laughs) magic and kitty five ever that's a great handle says without shinsuke i probably would never have gotten into wrestling this year
0: that's amazing isn't it i do think he has put a lot of eyes on the product because i think a lot of people have probably like who've been circling around with the ideas of wrestling seeing those gifts and seeing stories like here's these cool guys in japan but the fact that like It's so easy to watch WWE product now. The fact that he's there, and it is, it's more exposure. if there's more exposure and there's a guy you're interested in, you're going to watch it.
1: Vision Incisions says, in late 2003, he became the youngest IWGP heavyweight champion in history at only 23 years old. Only a year after debuting. That's so cool.
0: Which in Japan means a whole lot. I mean, because everyone, as I said, you kind of have to work your way up. He won it, he lost it a short time later, but he was at the time the youngest champion in history, the heavyweight champion. I think it's funny that when he was a young boy, he won the heavyweight championship, and then it was later on as the King of Strong Style. It was the Intercontinental Championship, and that actually is more, people associate him more with that belt than his world title reign when he was younger, which I think is so (laughs) weird to think.
1: Snotsnit says, before I finished watching his first match I ever saw him in, I paused it and immediately bought one of his t-shirts. He's that awesome. <laughs> hey, who else
0: wants a Shinsuke Nakamura toy? Cause I want that for oh, my show. Oh yes, shelf. yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Yes,
1: yes. The Goblin Party says, love how wrestlers have gimmicks like Demon King or whatever. Meanwhile, Shinsuke's is the coolest guy you've ever seen in your life. <laughs>
0: I think is even one of those types of guys where like everyone in the audience either wants to have sex with him or be him so people will have sex with them. Yes, or both <laughs> at the same time. Or both at the same time.
1: <laughs> F. Swain says... Shinsuke is the answer to the age-old question of, what if Mick Jagger kicked the shit out of people for a living? And <laughs> <laughs> um, Asterdix7050 says, 100% talent, captivating. I spent $300 to ensure that I saw his NXT debut. Not many are worth that, but he is.
0: Absolutely, and he's on my bucket list.
1: I can't imagine being there Who's he next?
0: Debuted. On my list, you're next on my list. <laughs> I seriously, I want to see him wrestle live. Me too. Him and AJ are the two that are on my list now. That if I don't see them wrestle before I I stop watching wrestling, I will be a very upset boy. So mm-hmm. they're right there on the list, absolutely. Um, over on facebookcom slash wrestling, we had a couple of more long form answers. A lot of people over on Facebook did point out, you know, Pharrell Williams' song Happy. Yeah. Well, of course you do. You've got ears and are human. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't live in a cave. You, you
0: have been near media in the last six years. Yes, I have. So, that song Happy has had a number of music videos for it. He did actually one special for Japan. It's very hard to actually find online, but in that video, Pharrell Williams did a special one for Japan, which included... Shinsuke Nakamura so what? if you can find it online Shinsuke Nakamura Dancing to Happy with the official music video
1: what i want to see fucking that what
0: star huh? okay
1: if I can find that or if anyone can send that in I will include that on Shinsuke's page on our website because that sounds like something we need to see
0: we got a lot of people here like really kind of writing passionate essays yeah. for lack of a better term and I will want to point out first of all Daniel Donaghy who had the most amazing nickname for Shinsuke Nakamura which was Shinio Nak nice instead of Shane O'Mac Shinio Nack a lot of people here men, as well recommending as David Crawley did here matches that he had against Tanahashi a lot of people believing that oh, those matches are what defines New Japan Pro Wrestling for a lot of fans I will say there are so many matches him and Okada him and Tanahashi there's a long long list you know him and Kurt Angle him and Kevin Steen him and Zack Sabre Jr He is fortunate that he has travelled around a lot and he's wrestled a lot of these guys. We'll try get a nice lengthy list up there Mm. on our HowToWrestling.com page for Shinsuke. Brian Bradshaw writes being honest right up to and upon the speculation of him signed to NXT I had only ever heard of but never seen Shinsuke Nakamura as I'm not clued up on the Japanese product no shame there brother I'm the same <laughs> however the fanfare leading up to his debut had me interested and although I was going to tune in for NXT TakeOver Dallas regardless I was very excited to see what Nakamura had to offer Straight upon hearing the violin of his entrance team, complete with the effects of his lights and the screens, I was immediately enthralled. His entire entrance gave me goosebumps. If I wasn't already a new fan, that match with Sami Zayn sold me. But in my opinion, that match alone stole not only the show that night, but it was the best match of WrestleMania weekend and an instant five-star classic. Nakamura has since failed to let me down and put on my wrestling fan hat. I am now a major mark for him. Will Young as well saying, One of modern wrestling's greatest success stories. Proof positive that some wrestlers can excel as long as a company is willing to invest time and effort into them and then allow them an amount of creative freedom. Shinsuke went from dry, ho-hum ascending babyface to perhaps the most charismatic wrestler we've seen since The Rock. If he has a drawback, is that his match can sometimes be a bit paint by numbers, a lot like Brad Hart. He does have his formula sticks to it, but he's truly a once-in-a-lifetime talent in every regard. I think that's such an important point. We talked about it at the start with Antonio Inoki, the founder of New Japan, really taking it side and you know, really helping develop him. You know, Antonio Inoki really taking the time and energy to invest into him, seeing the promise there, training him. When the time was right, sending him out into the world to learn more. If so many wrestling promoters could actually spot the talent and nourish it like that, give it a chance to breathe, give him a chance to develop... That is so important. I think that's what they're really trying to do in that performance center is to try and nurture as opposed to just assume. But when you look at talents like Shinsuke Nakamura, he didn't get there on his own. He got there by traveling, by learning, by having the right people put faith in him and put time in him. And what you have as a result is a fucking amazing wrestler. And I've been so happy to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura with you. I hope this has been... An illuminating experience for you, and we've coloured in some of the blanks along Absolutely, the way. Absolutely,
1: yeah, because I was a little bit rude that kind of I, I knew all there was to know, but that's it's never the way, is it, with wrestlers? There's, there's always, always a backstory, yeah, yeah, there's
0: always a backstory, there's always a some
1: kind of cool tra- finisher. Trans- yeah. Transformation from stoic MMA fighter to fucking Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury love child.
0: There's always a point where they've wrestled Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle and you didn't know about it. (laughs) So Shinsuke's story, a real interesting one, an amazing evolution of a wrestler and Mm. certainly someone who's firmly, I think both of our fave fives at the moment in terms of wrestlers we love to always see. If Nakamura's on my screen, I will never turn away and I don't see that changing anytime soon. And the one thing I'm most excited about is yeah, that super mega list of matches because as we always say in HUS thing it's only a little bit of an overview here and the real meat of Nakamura and his extensive match list there's so much to get your uh, your hands on. I would recommend if you are really interested in looking at more Nakamura stuff in good quality. New Japan Pro Wrestling do have their own streaming service now. Which is akin to the WWE Network. Which I've heard a lot of people speak very, very highly of. And it's certainly something that I'll be looking into and investing in the future myself. So that would be the real place to go. Because so much of Nakamura stuff is obviously taking place across the world. But... You know, he's wrestled for a lot of indies. He's now on NXT. There's plenty of stuff out there on YouTube and on the network. So go watch some fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Thank you so much once again to PAPA for recommending this episode and for. Sean, for
1: having a birthday. Yeah,
0: thanks very much for being born, Sean. This and is having, really, you know.
1: And having Shinsuke as your fave wrestler. Good yeah, taste.
0: good taste. Amazing taste. So we're going to go for a little bit of a different direction for our next episode. Certainly a wrestler that, for whatever reason, he still has a seemingly a long career ahead of him, but he's been wrestling for eons, all the way, way back. It's actually our illustrator's favourite wrestler, and someone who I have a lot of experience of talking about through the Attitude Era podcast. And it's certainly someone that, even though Joe has seen them on screen for quite a long time, you still know pretty much fuck all about, because he has one of the most convoluted backstories ...in wrestling history.
1: I know he electrocuted some testicles.
0: That's pretty much the long and short of it. And he's only been to Hawaii once. You know that much.
1: But he looked good doing it.
0: We're talking, of course, for our next episode... ...it's going to be How to Cane. And it's one that is going to be an absolute blast... Because we can't just talk about Kane ourselves. I can't feel like I'm even qualified to talk and teach you about Kane on my own. Because yes, I know a lot about Kane, but we need someone here who's grown up with Kane as his favourite wrestler, who's got a real twinkle in his eye for the big red machine. So we're very happy to announce that Adam Bibelow from the Attitude Era podcast, resident Kane Mark, an expert and lover of coffee and big red machines, will be joining us to help teach Joe about the big red monster himself.
1: Our first ever guest. I know
0: I can't fucking wait
1: I'm so excited and also good fucking luck everyone trying to fit his backstory into 140 characters or less on Twitter
0: so yeah we're gonna have obviously time set aside to talk about the backstory his mysterious past his relationship with The Undertaker and Paul Bearer his main shocking moments much like Madonna Kane has changed over the years he's had different looks different gimmicks different characters different variations on a theme We're probably not going to talk about Team Hell No, because we've really already covered that when we talked about Daniel Bryan, but certainly a big focus, because it's so important and integral to the character, is going to be on Kane's debut and original feud with his brother, The Undertaker. So there's a lot of exciting stuff to come. Please make sure you use the hashtag HowToKane on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, your memories on Kane, aka Glenn Jacobs, his backstory. The man himself, Glenn Jacobs, I think, just... might be interested to know a little bit about him. There might be some oh my god moments, I think, on this new episode. I
1: hear he's very clever.
0: He is. He's a smart boy. No wonder he's lasted in wrestling for so long. Ah. So yes, we want to know as well, Kane's best matches. He's wrestled The Undertaker a trillion times. Let's try and make sure we get the ones that are most important. Let's try and make sure we get a nice mixture of Kane matches, both his face and his heel, and from the different parts of his career. We need to, of course, make sure we see, as Billy calls it, some of best of Kane, AKA slow chemical Kane. So Uncle Fester ball Kane needs to be in there as well.
1: None of this is making any sense. Oh, it I mean,
0: will, honey. It will make such sense.
1: I kind of feel like Kane is such a huge part of like wrestling in jokes. There have been so many times where people have said shit, and I've been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Has something to do with Kane. and The Undertaker being the other one, basically
0: it's so interesting because kane is like one of those foundation slabs yeah. of the company he's been there forever since 1997 we're coming up on his 20th year in the company that's amazing that is unheard of in wrestling considering the man has been pretty much wrestling when he's not been injured he's been wrestling regularly like all that time amazing so really excited make sure you use the hashtag how head over to how wrestling.com for a match list and recommendations Twitter at HowToWrestling tweet us in with your thoughts for the new episode and what you'd like us to talk about when we talk about the demon himself, Corporate Kane
1: Don't forget as well to check us out on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash howtowrestling where we post pictures, news, matches that we've been watching and all sorts of other good things on there. We really appreciate you giving us the old like.
0: Yes, and if you want to do your longer form answers and explanations of why you love Kane, that's where you can do it as well. And make sure as well, if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes or on Stitcher Radio, you subscribe, give us a like and leave a rating or review. Help us out in the old algorithm, climbing the charts of wrestling podcasts that are out there of which there are so many these days
1: And of course we have a Patreon account which is the go-to place for if you want to support us financially as well as vocally. That's patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling as you may well have guessed. We have a variety of tiers to suit all needs and budgets starting from $1 if you just want to give us just a little bit of support financially. We really appreciate just every single dollar. That's so kind of you. For $5 you get our monthly pay-per-view reviews. They've been going on well over a year now. We've just had No Mercy Out that was released just a couple of days ago and it's going over well. We really enjoyed watching that, didn't we?
0: Absolutely. I'm having so much fun finally like having an outlet to do these pay-per-view reviews, and it is absolutely, it's the most fun I'm having, really, in <laughs> podcasting at the moment, So sitting down, like, because we don't like, you know, we're not there to like give like detailed fucking, you know, this move happened, this move happened, we're just like what we thought of the show, and yeah. I'd love to get to discuss it with you, and yeah, for five dollars, you don't only get this month's one, you get all previous month's ones, so if you pledge five dollars, you get last month, which was Clash of Champions, Backlash, Going all the way back to SummerSlam 2015, all the episodes are a minimum of an hour long, so you're getting a whole load of content for only $5. So if you want more how-to wrestling in your life, that's how you do it.
1: Yep, and it's not just the raw pay-per-views. We're doing Smackdown too.
0: Absolutely. We are putting up with with uh, David Otunga and JBL, so you don't have to. We've
1: had some people tweeting in saying, I don't know how you're getting all these reviews done. I haven't even been able to watch Clash of Champions yet. I'm so behind. Well, and it this- just
0: means that $5 is more value now. Absolutely. <laughs> If you want to be a $10 backer, you get access to our monthly live stream, and we're now going to be playing WWE 2K17, and I'm going to say this right off the bat, we've only had it for a week, Joe Graham is the fucking master of making photo scanned wrestlers. For years, people like me and Adam and Billy have been toiling away in the wilderness thrashing around wondering when it is we'll be able to finally get a Fraser Crane wrestler or a Jeremy Corbyn wrestler or a Jerry Seinfeld wrestler Joe has got the fucking skills that pay the bills, and I am so excited for our universe mode.
1: I'll say as well, now I'm not making any promises, but if there is someone you want made on 2K17 that isn't already on there, I may well give it a good shot, because I do find that more fun than the wrestling.
0: Well, I think what's going to be fun (laughs) is, if you're going to be joining us for our live streams coming up shortly, we're going to be putting together our universe mode this year, and we're going to maybe have more fan input on who we're going to have in there and whatnot, so... There's gonna be Frasier, there's gonna be Seinfeld, there'll probably be Donald Trump knowing us, and there'll also be Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. So any other wrestlers you think should be joining our Y2 Wrestling promotion this time for 2K17, do let us know.
1: And we've got some exciting guests coming up. <gasps> this is something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and now we finally are in Manchester, and we have an internet connection, it can finally become a reality. So hey, yeah. no spoilers, but just keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook for updates about who might be joining us. And
0: if you are a $10 backer, keep on your Patreon messages because that's where we will send out info about or live streams when they're going up. And if you want to be an amazing hardcore supporter of the How To Wrestling universe you can be a $50 backer like P.A.P.A. and request an episode. We've got an amazing list of episodes coming up including Kane, which have been requested by our amazing $50 plus backers. So if you want to think of a nice gift that you can give away as a birthday present we've had loads of people now with D.Lo and this episode requesting episodes for birthdays all i'm saying is if our support continues on patreon the way it is and the way things are going we will hopefully be able to start releasing a lot more soon absolutely uh, i'm not making any definite statements or promises but nudge nudge wink wink if we keep going the way we're going there will be a lot more content coming your way That's very well. very soon and i just want to say at the moment the fact that we were able to say that sentence thank you all so fucking much all of our backers you have made this podcast such a huge part of our lives and your support your continued support means so much everyone from the one dollar backers upwards to the people who support us right from day one you've made this podcast a real passion project for us and i'm so happy to see how to wrestling doing as well as it is getting mentioned on the av club again that was awesome and just a personal note the feedback from how to own was really really touching and i don't never somebody wants to kind of Spending much time on an episode talking about all the nice things people said about the previous episode. But How To Own Heart was easily the hardest thing I've ever recorded. And it was also the most rewarding thing I think I've ever recorded in a podcast. So thank you everyone so much for your kind words. Um, thank you, Joe for for going through that harrowing experience <laughs> together. It. it was hard.
1: Worth it though. I, I love Owen.
0: We had a nice big long hug afterwards. We did, we had J. a
1: proper teary hug at the end.
0: It was it was tough, but I think I'm so happy that this podcast has now gotten to the point where we can tackle those types of subjects. Um, not the easiest things to talk about, but I think we're really getting to a great place now in h Wrestling. And thank you again, everyone, for following, for supporting. But I'm excited for our next episode. Going to have to get another chair in here somehow.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> well, you manage it with the A podcast somehow. That's so. true.
0: Adam Bibolo will be joining us. How To Kane will be happening. Don't forget to use that hashtag, How to cane, And we'll catch you next time on How To Wrestling.
1: See ya!